from Relay FM, it's the Upgrade Holiday Special with your host, oh, Mike Hurley. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Jason Snell. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile, Encapsula, App Optics, and Pingdom. My name is Mike Hurley, as I was so uh, wonderfully introduced, and I am joined on this very special holiday episode by Jason Snell. Happy holidays, Jason Snell. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Mike. Uh, what better Monday than Christmas Monday to do an episode of Upgrade? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And we couldn't leave the Upgradians out in the cold. And Jason, that actually leads me quite nicely into our Snell Talk question, our holiday Snell Talk question from Kevin. Not Kevin McAllister, a different Kevin. Mm. Kevin would like to know, have you ever had a white Christmas, Jason? I have. I grew up in a place where where we had snow once or twice a year it usually wasn't very much but sometimes it would be um but it was it was occasional and rare because we were at like 2000 feet elevation so it didn't happen that often in california but it did it did happen a couple times a year we'd we'd get snow maybe once every three or four years we'd get a sizable accumulation my and, and boy as a kid i would when when there was a possibility when it looked like it was going to be cold or it might be precipitation in, in northern california california in general you have this issue where if it's if it's going to rain the the clouds trap in the heat and so it's less likely to snow um and when it's really mm-hmm. cold it's usually because it's clear and the heat escapes and that and, and so to get them both to get it cold enough and raining turning into snow is a magical kind of thing for um for uh lower parts of california so uh always as a kid i would be like oh white christmas white christmas white christmas uh get up the next morning nothing right it's just rain that would happen a lot whereas the possibility Mm -hmm. we might get some snow even if it wasn't christmas i'd get excited about it then i'd look i'd peer out my window in the morning get up you know right when the, the first sign of light and i'd look out and there would not be snow and those moments when there was snow were great but like mostly it was it was disappointment and the christmas it's actually of my freshman year in college coming home for Christmas. That Christmas, it snowed on Christmas Eve and there was there was snow on oh, the, on the ground wonderful. and on the grass and uh, you know everywhere outside on Christmas morning. And that was the one time I had a legitimate white Christmas uh, and and I because I, I thought I went through all high school and I went off to college and I thought I guess it's just never gonna happen. I'm never gonna be lucky enough to have those two times a year that randomly it snows land on Christmas and it, and it was it was never close. And then on uh, on Christmas, day 1988 it uh it was a white christmas it was great i've never had one it's even i mean i think it's snow i think it snows even more rarely in uh london than it does where i grew up i think it does so yeah when i was a kid especially very rarely snowed and it has snowed more because of hashtag climate change um, as i've grown up um and we have had there was a couple of years ago we had a very bad snowfall here yeah it shut the entire country down but i don't i don't even know if it was in december but it it may have been actually in the beginning of the the next year but i've seen snow i've had snow i've had lots of snow um but i've never had a white christmas Mm. So, as you can imagine from the fact that this is called the Holiday Special, we have a special episode. Um, we're going to talk about some th- some thoughts on 2017 and into 2018 about technology. We are then going to be joined later on in the episode by Stephen Hackett and Serenity Caldwell, and we're going to be doing we're going to be answering some holiday questions. We have a secret Santa mm-hmm. and 
a Mike at the Movies Home Alone 2, so you have all of that to look forward to. But I wanted to mention, Jason, everyone's going to be thinking, oh, they're going to talk about all the big Apple news of the week. No, we're not. That's not what a holiday special's all about. We're not going to talk about the comings and goings of the last week. I mean, I, I am reluctant to dive in, yeah, because it's Christmas. We'll get to it in the new year, right? I mean, if, if everybody's yeah. still freaking out about how Apple handles uh, throttling processor power when old batteries are failing to provide enough power uh we'll catch up or to if that Mac in january Tosh software is dead we'll get to that in january if mac apps are, are going to become ios apps we will talk about it in january that it's all t- it's you know what it's still going to be there and um even though that was that was like holding up a newspaper as proof of life by the way that we, we didn't record this episode in october we are actually aware of what happened uh last week but uh we're not going to talk about that. We'll 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 wait for uh, we'll wait for January after the upgradies. After, of course, the most prestigious award yes, ceremony of, of the year, which yes. is the upgradies, which is next week. So get excited! We've got the upgradies coming. So, Jason, yes, Mike, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the year of technology in 2017. I want to talk about a couple of big themes that have occurred in the year, and then talk about maybe some some things we're looking forward to in 2018. And I think that there have been. You can you, know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe in 2017 we've seen two two pr- p- pretty big trends, and one is in smartphones, and one is in home technology. And in smartphones, we've had disappearing bezels, and in home technology, we've had smart speakers. I think that they have been two of the biggest trends in consumer technology um, of the year. Would you agree? I mean, I, I couldn't. I mean, they were kind of the biggest things to me. I think of of stuck out. I, I I feel like this is the year of um of the big players all aggressively pushing toward the disappearing bezel smartphone as as close as they can get to it. That that mm-hmm. is the that is like the goal now. Um, and really, that is not just. Uh, you could say it's like almost a lemming-like kind of um, just like everybody follows everybody else and, and everybody goes in that direction. But I think realistically, it's also just about the technology. Like the technology is improving to reduce the size of the bezels and get that screen out there. And what is more natural? I mean, I think I, I think Johnny Ive actually said this at one point. The the iPhone 10 is the closest that Apple has come to like their vision of what uh, an iPhone would be because the fundamental vision of all of these smartphones like if you really boil down what would they look like ideally they would be all screen like they would be all screen yeah that is the dream is that this is just a a screen you hold in your hand and interact with and they have not been able to do that because of lots of technological limitations and those limitations are being solved. And so this was the year we got, uh, you know, everybody's pushing in the the borders around their devices to try and try and get there because the technology makes that more possible. So, you know, not just Apple, Google, Samsung, lots of different companies doing that. And I think it's great. Did it? Yeah, that's right. And yeah, I, that I want was a big one. I want it in. Uh, I want it on my iPad. Honestly, me too. I, I. I mean, even then though, we got it to a point, right? Like the bezels on the side uh, is a smaller, lot less. Yeah, it's right. True. Is, is a lot less and that has happened over time and i hope that that we see something like that i hope in t- like you know we're going to talk about this uh, but 2018 i would love to see um an ipad with, with a bigger screen in a in a same size or vice versa right like i would love to see a very thin bezeled ipad that would be that would be very exciting um i i think that you know the the thing about this the disappearing bezels you know you mentioned it like the technology allowed it i think by and large this wasn't a case of like these technology companies copying each other because of how long it takes for these devices 
to come together. I think it was just 2017, you know, back into 2016 and into 2017 was just the first time that this kind of stuff could be done. Like the technology is at a point now where for about around a thousand dollars, you can sell a phone that ha- is mostly screen and that it doesn't need a huge chin or forehead. It doesn't need a huge space around the side because the miniaturization and, the, and all the screen tech has gotten to where it needs to be that, that this has become a possibility. And I think that for observers of uh, consumer technology, I think the last couple of years have seen some uh, – every advancement in smartphones has, has not really been too heavily focused on physical design. Like There have been different designs but not like leaps and bounds forward in design. And I think that 2017 across the board, um, Android and, and iOS has seen huge, huge changes. Like Samsung, I think, have been uh, ahead of the curve for a bit. You know, they, they have been, I think of all companies, have been edging to this where other companies just went from having all bezels to no bezels, you know, or minimal bezels. And they have been kind of edging towards it over the last couple of years with the way that they've been like curving their screens over the edges and kind of pushing and pushing and pushing, um, which is unsurprising because Samsung make the displays that everybody's buying, right? Like sure. it is unsurprising that they are the company that's been able to get to this first. Uh, but it, this has been a great trend. And as a incredibly happy iPhone 10 owner, um, I am very, very pleased that this has been what we've been able to see this year in smartphones. Yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good trend. Um, a lot of times when we talk about smartphone trends, we talk about things like, screen size or thinness and lightness or processor power or things like that or transfer speed on cellular networks and i feel like not enough attention is paid to the physical uh innovations that happen and that is things like getting the bezels to be smaller it's things like improving uh glare reduction improving uh shatter resistance which mm. which even though people drop their phones and they still break trust me the glass is getting better all the time. And, you know, this is going to keep... Uh, people don't notice, but, like, uh, uh, we'll throw waterproofing in there, too, because now all the Apple phones are waterproof, all the new models. Like, there's a lot of material science going on and a lot of engineering going on. It's not just chip design and uh, software. So the other trend that uh, mentioned was smart speakers. And this is one where I think the battle for supremacy is still is still on in a way that it maybe isn't in smartphones, right? There are the big players. The big players are there and they're going to be that way. You know, Samsung and uh, iPhone, Google is trying, but, you know, Samsung is is murdering them still uh, in the Android arena. The battle for supremacy, I think, is still on in the smart speaker world because there are some products still to hit the market from big companies like Apple. Um, but as it stands right now, I think Amazon is... It's kind of sitting pretty at the top, at least in the in what is considered to be the best by people in technology. I think mostly people are recommending Amazon's products. And Amazon this year decided to release every possible Echo possible. Yeah. They had the look and the show, and then uh, the Spot has just come out, and we had the second-gen Echo, and the, the what is the one with the home chip in it the echo plus oh I, yeah i mean something like that i don't even know i've lost track i've lost track there's lots and it's a it's an interesting category um 
I think there's a real question about Amazon. Like Amazon is putting its foot to the floor here because Amazon has a lead. But you're, you're absolutely right in saying that Google has got them in their sites. Apple has got them in their sites. And the, the challenge there is that Google and Apple bring ecosystems with them. And Amazon's ecosystem is not really a device ecosystem. It's a shopping ecosystem. And the weakest thing about Amazon to me uh, and about the Echo in particular is that all my devices are Apple devices and there's just an, a, a failure for interaction there because there's yep. only so much Amazon can do. Amazon's ecosystem is great in some areas and terrible in others. And whereas Apple is tied into my devices directly and is interested in making that experience bigger than better. And that's the advantage the HomePod will have when it ships for people who have Apple devices is that it'll be integrated in a way that Amazon will have a very hard time doing. And likewise, if you use Android devices, the Google stuff is going to integrate with all of your Google services and your Google assistant stuff. And they have a huge advantage there. So Amazon's trying to get enough of a lead and use its leverage to get enough partners and things like that. Everything connects so that it can mm-hmm. stay afloat but i'm not sure i'm not sure it's a good match i'm not sure if ultimately as all the success the echo has had if if tying in with your other devices and platforms and things ends up being important to smart assistants amazon's going to have a hard time which is why amazon's trying to make it not be that way trying to have as many yep, they're trying to make an echo for every use case for every person yeah and tied into um, every service and when it works it works yep. incredibly well our shopping list is is um it, we use any list um and i have any list on the desktop and i have it on my devices and my wife has it on her devices and it's syncs with the Echo lists, which means the Echo is seamlessly a part of our shopping list on all our devices and the Echo. They all have the same list. That was not the case until earlier this year when they when they uh, they built that bridge between the two apps. It's like night and day. It is so much better because now uh, we can rely on that data to pass across. So the more of that Amazon can do where all the all the pieces of your life in your other uh, silos on all these other devices are all kind of like interconnected to the Echo, then they've got a fighting chance. But the value, having seen that with the shopping list thing, it's like, oh my God, the value of being integrated versus not is enormous. And it's going to be tough for Amazon. They've got the lead. They've got a lot going for them. But it's going to be tough because um, my gut feeling is that you're going to want the those assistants to be tied into everything else you're wanting. In fact, I I have an Echo Show, and I do have those moments where I think um, if the HomePod does well, um, I actually think an iOS-ish HomePod with a screen might actually be good, only because the problem with the Echo Show is that it has no apps <laughs> and you're you know the video screen is only occasionally useful and i well that was the original rumor right that that apple's answer to uh the echo and to the google home would have a and screen it, doesn't, on it has it. that and little i know little thing, that little light up thing on top I was, yeah i i remember when when they announced the home pod at wwdc i was very surprised and and almost a bit turned off it was like my my, my initial because i'm really not very excited about that product at all and, yeah. and that began for me where i was like no that's not what i want like I, I want it to have a screen on it like that is a, a, a worthwhile upgrade for me i mean i am not interested um in the echo show because all of the things that i would want a device like that for i don't ha- amazon doesn't provide that for me like i don't want amazon's version of facetime 
I just want FaceTime, right? Like stuff like that, right. where it's like, oh, I'm not interested, right? Like I, I don't want to get into Amazon's calling ecosystem to provide this for me because I think that that's, for me, nonsense. Like I don't want to do that. Like I, I'm not going to go through the pain of trying to get my nan to use Amazon face calling time. Like I'm just not it's interested ne- in it's that. Never right? happen, like, that's yeah. not a thing. But I'm hoping that uh, version two, version three of the HomePod becomes something more compelling for me. Like I, I really don't envision a world in which I buy the HomePod as we have currently seen it. Um, it is a music device with limited uh, smart speaker functionality. And that is the reverse to which I use my Echo products, right? Like I use them as smart speakers with different tools and services and then maybe sometimes use it for music. Like you know, you're saying about any list. The, I mean, I think I can go one better. The, the actual company that we have our shopping delivered via, which is Ocado, they have a skill now. So we can add things directly to our shopping cart, right? Like with the grocery provider that we use. Um, and unless Apple is able to convince companies to do this kind of stuff, then it won't work. But that requires Apple to make the Siri APIs better because currently they're incredibly limited and they don't look like they're going to change. And for all intents and purposes, it looks like that if you didn't like the way the Apple Watch used to work, you're probably not going to like the way the HomePod works yeah. because everything is being processed on phones. And I'm just, I think, except the music stuff. And I'm just not, that. this just doesn't feel like a compelling product for me. I'm, I'm very interested to see people like you have to say about the HomePod um, from a usage perspective once it launches to see if it can turn me around. But this is just one Apple product that I'm not interested in. That's fine because I don't have to be interested in all of them. Uh, but this, this is this is the one which is, it, and it hasn't been that way for a while. I mean, like even something like the iMac Pro, I don't want to buy it, but I'm still interested in it. I would still like one. I just don't feel the need for one. But currently, like Apple have have. I've been in the distortion field, right? I've seen this product. I've been sitting in rooms with other nerds who are excited about it at WWDC, and I just couldn't care about it. Like, it's just not something that I care for. I got to be honest. It is um, an interesting choice Apple made to make this a kind of higher-end audio product is how they're selling it. It's big. It's uh, it's meant to you know ha- sound better than things like the Echo, uh, which is fine. But I'll point out, like, the Echo was successful because it was small and you could stick it on a countertop in your kitchen. And although it doesn't play music very well, although it's okay, it's not great, but it's okay, it still succeeded. And I think it succeeded because it was relatively small and filled a niche for utility reasons. And, you know, um, the HomePod isn't filling that niche it's in this like sonos like place and i'm not convinced i i think that is a place for you to make a lot of money if you're apple um i think it's got gonna have good margins it allows them to charge a lot of money for that product but i don't think people looking for a place to put a device where they're going to sit and listen to music and all it does is basically play music i don't know i don't I have a hard time thinking that that's a huge market compared to something like the Echo, which because it is slighter and not as high quality in terms of the audio, but it's very utilitarian. You stick it somewhere and it listens to you and you have it do stuff for you, including play music. Um, I feel like that's just a more kind of broad 
audience for a product like that versus the HomePod, which feels just very focused on music. Focus is good, but I don't see the broad appeal there. Like, I feel like if Apple... Apple's going to do this, and that's great, but Apple needs to be working on a line of these things that are smaller and larger and have video and don't that can go in different uh, different places because I'm not sure like and again, I'm just coming from my own experience here. I don't know where I would put the home pod in my house, quite honestly. I don't think I have a place for it, and some people will, but I don't know i I, I share your skepticism about it. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, gather around the fire, ladies and gentlemen, as I tell you about our first sponsor for this week's episode, and that is for our very special holiday episode, and that is Text Expander from our friends Smile. You can communicate smart with Text Expander. If you've been listening to this and you haven't yet tried out Text Expander, you should, because Text Expander can save you time in so many ways. Like, what about the last time that you went to a conference? You know, I bet that there are a bunch of people that you met. Maybe you picked up some business cards, you know, like maybe you're at an event, you picked up some business cards, and some people that, you know, maybe you want to reach out for, you've got something you want to talk to them about, or maybe you're just looking to, to create a larger friend group. Whatever it is, you want to stay in touch with people. But sending out individual emails will take you a lot of time. So why not make it a bit easier with Text Expander? What you do is create a snippet, fill out some basic information, you know, talk about we met at the conference, that kind of thing. Then you could use some fill-in fields for somebody's name and maybe you want to add in a custom topic to remind someone what you spoke to or to add in some pleasantries. Then just open your email app and then you can send up your follow-ups in just a few matter of minutes because you just hit a couple of keys, the text expander field pops up, you type in what you need to and everything else is filled in for you. This is super simple. I do this sort of stuff when uh, I'm reaching out to companies that want to sponsor or that we want would like to sponsor. We have this big thing with like a couple of these set up where it fills in the information it needs, gives them links to stuff that they want, gives them examples of things, all of these types of stuff. So it just makes sure that like if I found a thing that works, I can stick to it. And I've been very happy with that. You'll be able to manage and check in with valuable contacts without having to spend hours on email. That's also great about Text Expander. If you spend any amount of your day typing, trust me, you need it. It is the smartest and easiest way to improve the workflow of your communications. Go to textexpander.com slash podcast and you can get 20% off for the first year. Just tell them that you heard about Text Expander from this show. That is textexpander.com slash podcast. Go there right now. You'll get 20% off your first year and tell them you came about them from this show so they will know that uh, you came to them and then they heard you know where they heard their messages on the upgrade program you don't have to tell them it was on the holiday special but you can if you want to our thanks to text expander for their continued support of this show and really fm so as I look forward to my 2018, Jason, a, bit, a big project that I have uh, on the horizon, which I've mentioned in, in the show, is uh, I want to build a gaming PC. Mm. And it's a, I started looking into it a little bit. I've been looking at some guides and stuff. It seems like a hugely daunting project. My our friend John Voorhees is, is currently building one for his son, and he's had some problems with some components. But just even the case of like wondering where to start, like what stuff do I actually need to buy? I've been looking at that. It's, it's a big project. I'm excited about it. It, but it is a, a big and daunting project that I've got in my 2018. And I wondered if uh, you have anything in 2018 that you're looking forward to like that in, in general technology. Is there a project that you want to tackle this year? Is, is there anything that you've been kind of mulling around that is a, a thing on your horizon? I don't have anything particular. I mean, these things do emerge, but I don't have anything, I think, floating out there right now. I do... 
um like like i wasn't planning last year to replace my mac mini and build a hackintosh server with an intel nook uh box right i had no plans to do that but some instability in my existing mac mini and apple's lack of updates for the mac mini and our friend russell talking about how he created a uh a hacked intel nook as a mac uh kind of led me down that path where i have ended up doing that so that was a project that i did this year um i hope to i'll I'll say to be fair i hope to replace it with a real mac mini someday but they would need to release one um so we'll see i i keep toying with the idea of going to 4k hdr and getting a much larger tv than i have right now which has a lot of ramifications in terms of like taking down pieces of furniture and uh, running cables through the walls and things and mounting a large TV in the living room. Um, I'm not quite sure when I want to do that and whether I want to wait a few years for OLED stuff to come down in price or whether that I want to just kind of bite the bullet because I would literally like my TV's 50 inches diagonal. I'd like to I'd like to go up to something that isn't just 55. I'd like to go up to like 65 or something like that and have mm-hmm. it be nice and big. And uh, I'm still toying with that idea so we'll we'll see but that's one like kind of home thing um but stuff just happens i didn't expect to buy an electric car this year and that happened and i got to learn about like electric car charging networks and things like that which was interesting and different and i got to do that and uh so i'm sure something will come up but um i don't have anything right now on my um on my to-do list i i um i'm just gonna lie and wait and see what happens so i also wanted to take a look at some stuff that we're hoping for in 2018 and i want to go across uh the apple line across the suite of products that exist sure Um, and i want to start with ios because i think ios 11 gave me a lot of what i've been very happy about this year um you know stuff like the files app and improved multitasking and just the overall um attention that was given to the ipad in ios 11 was a big thing for me this year and and i all i care about personally in ios 12 is just signs that they are keeping that going in a way that they didn't in ios 10 right where it was like ipad what ipad um i i I don't necessarily want tons more other than making the stuff better but i want to see you know in june ipad getting some stage time showing off some stuff whatever it is um and actually then also seeing some of the results of that in the in the software than just the way that it had been in the past i I really want to just get signs of continued life you know yeah i don't want the ipad to be an every other year proposition for apple like if it seems serious about the ipad pro it seems to have turned the corner um in terms of like ipad sales and having rationalized their product line by making the cheaper ipad and the more expensive and full-featured ipad pro models so i want them to keep pushing there and that means more stuff there's plenty of places for ios 12 to improve on that side and i and i hope they do that's like that's that's my number one thing honestly i i i don't have a a long ios wish list in terms of the software because um like on the iphone side i think they've done a great job uh, and my iphone is great and i i don't you know they like we talked about the old upgrade experience and they've improved that dramatically so um things are getting a lot better on that front but the ipad could still use more love i think in terms of uh 
of making more, you know, kind of pro feature stuff. And the, you know, the ones that I always come back to are, you know, I'd like the files app to support more stuff. I'd like to be, to be able to, uh, connect to, uh, an SMB, you know, file server with the files app. I'd like to be able to attach a USB stick to an iPad and see the, you know, and pull files off of it. I'd like to do stuff like that. That is sort of like just work features of a computer that the iPad just is incapable of doing. Um, and I'm sure they'll surprise us with some some incredibly clever stuff too. Do you care the same way about iPad hardware for next year? Well, again, they've kind of resolved the biggest issue, right? Which is that the, the iPad Pro is is you know we got the 10.5 and the 12.9, and it's clear. I, I'd imagine. I mean, I would like, I would love a reduced bezel fa- uh, Face ID iPad Pro. I think that would be awesome. Um, I'm so I'm happy with where the iPad is though, so I don't have one of these things where it's like, oh my god, they really have to do this. My wish list would be um, jumping off of the iPad, and I'm not sure this is realistic, but you know, my my wish list would be new iOS hardware, whether it's that lap the iOS laptop that I wrote about, or a bigger iPad, or a desktop, uh, you know, iOS device. I would love to see something like that. I doubt 2018 is the year when we'll see something like that, but I would I would love to see something like that. I honestly. I'm cool with the hardware. Like I'm, I'm fine mostly with that right now. I would like to see some more accessories. Yeah, you know, I would really like to see some smart connector stuff. Yeah. I would like to see a new pencil. Like I, I would really. It, I mean, it'd be great if some of this stuff came from Apple, but it doesn't all need to. Um, but I would really like to see some some new accessories. The smart connector has been a disappointment, and the um like the you know keyboard cases for the 105 iPad Pro are like a, a like the fact that there's nothing much out there that's built for it and that partially is a function of the iPad Pro you know and, and the iPad in general having um low enough sales that I think that the uh, accessory makers have been reluctant to make a product that only works on an iPad Pro uh, although I would think the 10.5 is a popular enough product that it's worth having more accessories than are out there now. So I'm with you there. Um, uh, yeah. And and like uh, maybe a revised version of the pencil is a part of that too. So the iPhone, I mean, I just want them to keep it going. They, I, I don't need the same. You want a 10 plus? They can give me, uh, I, I mean, I would love a 10 plus, but I don't need that. Um, if they did that, I would love it and I would buy that. Um, you know, an OLED one though, like uh-huh. I, I wouldn't, if they, if they had a, um, if they had a, a, a plus phone in all looks exactly the same big screen, I would, I don't, I would struggle. I, I don't know if it would be an Insta buy for me because I really do love the OLED, but, um, it's, but I do love the, the bigger screen. So I, I would love to see an iPhone 10 plus the one that we currently have, um, but I don't need that this year, personally. I could take uh, an S version of this phone and I'd be more than happy. You know, some small changes, better camera, faster. Um, I would happily do that like I did with any of the other S years, right? Um, I just want them to keep it going. Um, that's that's kind of all I care about. Yep. Do you, do you think that, do you have much of a desire for Apple to release an SE? I think it's time. I think they need to. I think that's an existing market. I'm a big fan of the SE, even though I don't use it. I know people who do and like it. And I like the idea of spreading the product line out more. And it'll have, it'll have been two years. So I think it's time to, to have that phone get a get a bump to, you know, maybe it's like iPhone 7 specs or something. But I think it's time. What would you like to see on the Mac? Oh, uh, boy. Um, the Mac, you know, I want to see the Mac Pro. <laughs> I want that to exist. 
I want Apple to update the hardware on all the existing models to use the latest Intel stuff and the latest uh, graphics processors available. You know, I just want him to I want Apple to show a commitment to its users that there's going to be a new MacBook Pro you know, basically every year with the latest and greatest in it. And there's going to be new iMacs with the latest and greatest in it, which given, I think it's Coffee Lake that's coming out. Like that may be like six core iMacs, which could be cool. And um, just keep keep updating the Mac with the latest stuff. Um, and they can do more innovations like bringing the stuff that's in uh, like the T2 that's in the iMac Pro, the, the, um, the uh, Apple built processor. It's an ARM processor. Um, if they want to innovate in that area and kind of like build their own stuff in and make the Mac a little more of a hybrid, I'm okay with that. But the 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 key to me is just you know show your commitment to the Mac by leaving not leaving these products with old parts sitting. The whole reason to use Intel stuff is that Intel keeps making newer, faster versions of it, and you need to pick it up. And that's like part of the the almost like the social contract between computer users and the manufacturer is that they will keep up to date with the latest parts and we know what the parts are and then Apple doesn't keep up to date and it's frustrating. So I, I just kind of put in a pitch for that more than anything else. I want to see the Mac mini finally get a re- revision. Speaking of the Mac pro, the Mac mini, um, you know, it doesn't need to get updated every year, but every three years or so with the latest and greatest. And I would really like to see a design that that gets uh, us out of the spinning hard drive as an option entirely, just an SSD-based Mac Mini. Um, that would be pretty great. So that's that's kind of what I'm looking for on the on the Mac hardware side. Um, and then in term of, terms of Mac OS, I honestly don't know whether I want sort of steady state fix bugs or whether I want them to take great leaps. There are those stories that, you know, about Apple considering finding ways to bring, to take advantage of all the people who build iOS software to, to let them bring that stuff over to the Mac more easily. I think that's kind of a no brainer if they can get it to work well. I'm a little skeptical about how well it could work. And, you know, in the background, I keep thinking, you know, do you want to do this or do you want to just kind of focus on on whatever your next generation operating system is that is that is kind of neither and both the Mac or iOS? Because if the Mac ends up being kind of a place for legacy Mac software and iOS apps, um, I worry that it does become a like a toaster fridge at that point. So I'm not I'm not, you know, it'll be a big topic in 2018 for sure about what Apple's doing for the future of the Mac. But I just say, like, keep it alive, keep it rolling and uh, fixing bugs and uh, having some parity with iOS. That's kind of kind of what I want. The only hardware that I feel personally that I really would be very disappointed if Apple did not ship next year um, would be a significant design change to the Apple Watch. Um, I think that now... 2018 uh, if we even see a watch in 2018 i assume we will i would like it to be thinner i would like to see an always on display you know i would like a visual change to the apple watch Um, the product has gotten very very good uh, because i believe they have not had to or felt pressure to change the overall design right the battery has gotten fantastic um, the speed is brilliant they've put lte chips in it all of that stuff has gotten great and i think it's because they've been able to just make everything smaller and stuff more in but i my my feeling would be if they had an apple watch series 4 and it looked just like this one um I would be pretty disappointed about it because I can't think of anything else. You know, if they gave me the always on display, I may be willing to stomach it for one more year. Like, 
but that's the only thing left. But even then, I still don't want it to get thicker again. I would want it to get thinner. Um, but that that's that is some hardware. Yeah, I would really want to see some big changes to, and would really really like to see some design changes to. Yeah, the always on display and, is, and the, watch is the is the missing feature. Yeah, new watch faces. Boy, I mean, just there need to be more watch faces. That's just it's amazing that, that we've a, had a watch OS five thing. Yeah, we've had yeah. almost nothing. Uh, in terms of new watch faces other than, you know, some cartoon characters. And I, there are a couple of them, but there should be way more. I, I if, if past me from when the watch was announced came and looked at the watch today, that would be the number one shocker for me is the, the lack of diversity of watch faces. There's just a, still only a handful of them. Um, and I'm with you on the always on display. I, I, they need to get to the point where they've got enough confidence in the battery that you can opt at least to have. My watch never gets close to running out, right? I, I would really like it if there was some sort of low power face that they could put on it so that I don't, I, you know, I don't have to kind of flip my wrist in exactly the right way in order to see the time and for the apple tv hardware i kind of whatever um it's fine i'm they, happy with they it. did 4k we're, we're I, I think we're good yeah. in terms of the hardware for a while with yep. the 4k one it's it's about what's inside and my you know and i have all the services that i want now my only feeling for this is um if apple release any original content in 2018 which they may not but if they do i desperately want it to be good because none of it has been so far and I know that we're looking at a different strategy than what Apple has currently had, which is fine. Um, but when Apple make their big content effort, like the really serious one, they've got to be very good immediately for it to work, in my opinion, like for it to really capture people. They have to have something that people want to watch. They have to have the water cooler TV show for a period of time. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, this is... Uh this is why they hired the guys they hired as the pr- producers or whatever presidents of Apple's TV efforts is those are TV executives who have good relationships and they are making deals with people who are, um, who are well-known and respected because in the end, um, people are going to want the, the whole point is to make stuff that people like and want to see. And that means it needs to be good. And, the point of what Apple was making before was kind of not that, which is why I, I pointed out on this show, you got to draw a line, uh, you know, check your carpool karaoke and Planet of the Apps jokes at the door, because that was a bunch of kind of music execs inside Apple um, making some side deals to try some stuff out on Apple Music. And once um, uh, Ehrlich and Von Amberg got to Apple, like that was that those days were over. And now is the days where they're making deals with Steven Spielberg, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Ron Moore to do uh, to do prestige scripted programming. And there's going to be more of that. And that's, you know, it, it's got to fit Apple's brand, which means it, it needs to be good and respected. And it's going to need to make people want to whatever they need to do to see it, which is buy Apple hardware or subscribe to an Apple video service or something, whatever it is. We don't know. All right. So that is what we're looking for in 2018 uh, with Apple. And uh, in case we hadn't made it clear to our audience, me and Jason are sitting in a log cabin right now yep. and the fire is crackling. Um, and we have some guests that have been very quiet up until now. <laughs> 
but it's about time that we we brought them in and let them speak. Uh, but before we do, let me thank uh, our, our second sponsor for this show, and that is App Optics. Application monitoring shouldn't break the bank. App Optics is a next-gen application performance management system built specifically to help developers and DevOps teams trace distributed transactions through their complex environment. App Optics includes broad APM language support with auto instrumentation, simple and easy-to-use infrastructure monitoring, which is all built in, and it's all supported by a large open community. Their plans start at just $7.50 a month, and you can learn more today at appoptics.com slash upgrade. That's just $7.50 a month is where their plans start, and learn more at appoptics.com slash upgrade. Our thanks to AppOptics for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Jason, I think it's time that we welcome our guests, our holiday special guests. Um, and there couldn't be any guests more special than Serenity Caldwell and Stephen Hackett of Query on Relay FM. Hello. Hello. Hey. Now the party has started. Now it's happening. All right. Now it's the real <laughs> holiday party. We can get away from all that serious stuff and we're going to get into just pure holiday spirit mode. Sweet. Can I pour in some bourbon to this apple cider? Is it, yes. Are, are don't, don't tell HR. Just don't tell HR. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. the people who run this company are not here right now, so it'll be it's fine. It's true. Oh, Definitely interesting. not. <laughs> interesting. Uh, been the, real, the real people in control. So I mentioned that Stephen and Ren host Query on Relay FM, which is a show based all around answering technological questions. So I figured that considering we have people that are so good at answering questions, that we could combine our question-answering abilities to tackle some holiday-themed Hashtag ask upgrade, hashtag ask query questions. What do you think? Yeah, that's so good. So I, I had said on the last episode, Jason, that we were not going to do any ask upgrade. But what I really meant was traditional ask upgrade, because these questions, they are not traditional. And the first one comes from a different Stephen. And what? a different Stephen what? wants to know foul, what our sir. favorite gifts are or have been will this uh, holiday season. Stephen, what about you? You know, I'm, I think I'm like a lot of nerds where I'm, I'm really hard to buy for. Uh, just because tech stuff comes out and I tend to – something that I'm interested in, I tend to pick it up. So this would be a gift that I bought myself, which is a terribly oh. selfish answer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what am I supposed to answer this? Aren't the best gifts always the one you buy yourself, you know, <laughs> when you think about yeah. it? You truly know yourself. Yeah. Uh, this was a uh, – to, to further destroy the premise of the question, I'm not really doing a good job promoting query at this. But uh, <laughs> is this what the show is like? <laughs> we basically just uh, answer what we want to answer. No. Yeah. Um, Stephen's being so contrary. I'm I'm a big fan of the Kindle as a gift. Uh, I've got the new Oasis, but the uh, the sort of Kindle. What is it, Jason? The, Paperwhite. The, uh, the Paperwhite is sort of the go-to. Yeah. Um, for people who who like to read, but you know don't have the space for books, like many of us do. Uh, it's a real winner, and it's often on sale. It was on sale all throughout the buying season, and it's a great way to see if if ebooks are for or for you or for someone you you care about. So it's always, uh, you know, someone is looking for a, you know a tech related gift. The the paper whites always towards the top of my list. Yeah. All right. Uh, so in my stocking, my favorite thing that I found in my stocking this year, um, I got a uh, Spider Man fidget cube. <laughs> 
which, oh yeah <laughs> which is like you know I, I i do i mean i got the brain ball here i have various other objects that i kind of pick up while i'm while i'm sitting at my desk and then i saw that the makers of the fidget cube have signed a licensing deal with marvel comics <gasps> and are making licensed oh my gosh uh, i thought this cubes. was just like a totally fake thing no. this sounds incredible no it's it's legitimately i mean it's just a fidget cube but it's like with spider-man on it and it's cool so uh that's my that's my favorite uh stocking stuffer item and then uh to jump off of something that steven said uh if you like kindles or amazon echoes they keep coming out with new ones so one nice thing to do is if sometime this year you bought yourself a new echo or a new kindle I will often pass on my old one. In fact, my mom got my Amazon Echo this year because the original, because she was expressing when she visited us, she was expressing interest in them and was like, oh, I don't know. I can't, whatever. And I thought I could just give her my old one because I don't need it anymore. So she's, um, she's, she's got that now and will probably be calling me soon to ask me what the heck I did to her house. But, but, uh, that's just a, just a little, a little tip. Cause you know, you, you don't need to save all those Kindles or echoes. If you upgrade, you can find somebody and maybe make it a little present. Oh my God. This goes way deeper. They have DC and Marvel and they also make <laughs> fidget spinners as well as fidget cubes in those characters too. This is serious. Oh yeah. Mike, you've just gone down the deep end. You're like, yeah. forget the podcast. I'm just going to pay attention to fidget, fidget spinners. $200 later. What about you, Ren? Okay, well, uh, to answer that question, I have to bring back on a, a pre-podcast uh, visitor. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is a real R2-D2. It is the you only steal R2-D2? What happened? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I talked Lucasfilm into giving me... No, I wish. Uh, no, instead, uh, my father, actually, for my 30th birthday, decided that the best thing to get his daughter, who, who was turning 30, was a Sphero R2-D2, which I surprisingly <laughs> did not have. Uh, and I have to say, despite the fact that the Sphero droids are still kind of limited to the app being open while you play with them, I love this present. I love how realistic this, like, it's tiny version of the droid, but they really, really went all out on this to an extent. Like, they, they, the BB-8 was cute, but it didn't have an inboard, an inbound speaker, whereas the R2 unit is fully self-sustaining, so it will make its beeps itself. Uh, and then in addition to that, if you just leave the app open and you don't play with it, you just, you know, keep it, keep it open. R2 will just start chattering randomly. His, uh, his onboard sensors flash certain colors and change. His head moves. Uh, there are tiny little, uh, he has treads in his feet. Unlike any other R2 I've ever played with, they usually have, you know, two double sets of wheels. But he, this model literally has treads, which allowed Spiro to actually push the treads into the ground to give him kind of the, the, the walking, bouncing maneuver that he does in the films. And, you know, he's he's basically one set of rocket packs short of being a perfect miniaturization of the droid. And I love him. And he makes me happy even if he terrorizes my dogs. I have the BB-8, um, like everybody else mm-hmm. yeah. got the BB-8. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in the world. Um, and I have been eyeing the R2-D2, which is significantly bigger than I expected. Um, I, I, I somehow, it feels like, it, I don't know why in my mind it would have been smaller, but I saw it in an Apple store. And uh, is a real little guy. So he's at- he's atomically sized for the BB-8 because mm-hmm. here's the fun part: the Sphero and the 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 R2 and the BB-8 will talk to each other. Oh my god! It's really I cute. Need it. 
It's really cute. I can see BB-8 sitting up there with my Lego sets. So um, for me, I, I went uh, for a gift that I have been wanting for a very long time. And it's a, a real good coffee grinder. Um, and I got the Baratza Virtuoso because it's what Marco Arment recommended. Um, that was the gift that I got uh, this holiday season, which I was the most excited about um, because now I get to grind my own beans every morning, which I know Jason loves. Mm, yes. Though the smell of coffee in the coffee morning, fan. that's the best. Yeah, that, mm. that fresh smell of coffee to, to <laughs> wake Jason up. I know that he loves it. So, <laughs> All right. So that thank you very much, Ava Steven, uh, for that question. Our second question comes from Chris. And Chris wants to know how we deal with bad presents. So, Ren, I want to ask you first, how, how do you deal with uh, the embarrassment of receiving a bad present? Uh, you smile and you say thank you and you rack your brain about who would actually benefit from said present and you give it to mm. them. Interesting. Uh, Usually you try, I like, at least in my opinion, I'm, I'm, I feel like there's a, there's a good line, right? Where if, if the present has a gift certificate or a gift receipt component to it, I don't think there's any harm in returning said present and getting something that you yourself would benefit more from. Uh, but if it's something where it's like, clearly the person spent a lot of, of time and effort and did not include a gift receipt, whether it's a homemade item, whether it's something else. Uh, generally I try and find it a good home because I think the worst thing, honestly, is saying, thank you. Oh my God, I love it. And then leaving it in a closet in a corner for 20 years before you eventually have to throw it out. It's really depressing. Obviously, like it depends, you know, it might be, Mm -hmm. uh, if it's, if it's your mother giving you a present, like a really, I don't know, a gaudy hat or something that she expects you to wear all the time. You know, you can gauge accordingly. You, you might be able to have the conversation with your mother that you might not with your aunt or your grandmother or your significant other. Uh, but, but generally, I feel like uh, truth and regifting is the best medicine. I guess if somebody gives you a gift receipt, they're not 100% confident in their gift anyway. That That's kind of my thinking, or that at least that it will fit. Um, I would say that for me, I just smile the best that I can smile and uh, hide the gift somewhere in my home forever. I'm not very good. I, the, the finding somebody to give it to is probably good, but I've never thought of doing that. Stephen, what do you do? Uh, I mean, I'm in line with y'all. You know, you always want to be thankful and uh, be kind. And then when no one knows, um, you know, either regift or um, I definitely have done the thing where you just hide it as well. Sometimes it's the best choice. You guys are being taken gift hostage. It's true. That is true. Jason. Yeah, no, you're you try to be as as uh, as grateful as possible while also out of the corner of your eye trying to see if there's a gift receipt in there so you can return it. Uh, and otherwise, yeah, you either uh, find somebody like Ren said who uh, who might appreciate it, or you donate it maybe to like if it's a book or something like or a movie or something to the to the like the library or something like that, and uh, find a find a nice home for it where it can do somebody some good. Or throw it out the window of the car in your driveway. No, <laughs> no. Only for fruitcake. 
<laughs> the birds will eat it. Aaron wanted to know if we put up decorations or lights and if they are powered by smart devices. Now, Jason, I know that me and you have discussed this on the show before. Do you have uh, any additional lights or uh, treats that you've been able to automate in the snow household? No, our, our front lights and uh, the Christmas lights around the edge of our house are both on a uh, timer driven by smart devices. There's uh, there are smart bulbs uh, in the front lights and a smart switch and uh that's plugged in to the uh the lights are plugged into it and then they are on a schedule using a uh, home kit and uh it's triggered by you know like uh, sunset and then goes off at a certain time and it has worked uh, like a charm steven i know that you have many hue bulbs in your home mostly in your office did any of those make it into the house to turn red and green this holiday season they did not the hue bulbs all stayed in place in the studio but uh we we put the christmas tree and the outside lights on the iHome little switch you know it's a plug thing that goes in the wall and you plug your lights into it and so those are controllable via HomeKit and the amazon echo and i did change those devices i already had in the house but i did rename them you know christmas tree and outdoor light so the kids could ask the echo you know friend in the cylinder uh please turn on the christmas tree and the christmas tree would come on which they find hilarious yeah, we got to do that this year. We, this is the first year that we've had uh, a Christmas tree, and I had a Wemo that I've not used, and I got to hook it up to the tree. But it did result in uh, a funny exchange. Um, there was just there's something about the way that Adina says three in her Romanian accent um, and tree that they sound the same. So... <laughs> Every time she would ask uh, the Echo to turn on the tree, it would say, I cannot find anything called three. And it just kept doing that over and over and over again to the point that I had to rename it um, to Christmas. Just turn on Christmas and then Christmas <laughs> gets turned that's, on. Uh, that's better almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you didn't name it Christmas three. Well, I considered that, but then I would have I would have to ask it to turn on the three and then I would get it wrong. Uh, yeah, and then it would you can't forever. Say that word, we hardly. would. No, 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 exactly. That's a turn on the free. Um, Ren, do you have any uh, additional home automation-based holiday lights? I do. Um, I, like a number of you, uh, use an iDevices uh, switch. to. I have all of our front lights hooked up via that and a very long extension cord that's multi-pronged. Probably not the uh, most electrically efficient slash uh, safe way to do it, but that's how I did it this year. Maybe I'll come up with a better way next year. Uh, and then I feel like our, all holiday lights come with an element of danger. Oh yeah, uh, we uh, we have on our package. It's like you can string no more than three of these together, and I'm pretty sure we have more like six. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, regardless, we have we have that in the front yard, uh, and then in the front window, uh, we usually have a set of uh, of hue. Um, oh gosh. Blooms. That's right. They they have a funny name. The hue blooms that are basically the the angled uh, room lights that you usually put behind like uh, you put behind books or something like that. We have them in our bay windows just to hiding behind curtains to add atmosphere to the room. Uh, and now they are adding atmosphere to my holiday hoth snow scene. Uh, so mm. we've got some some red oranges and greens over uh, flying X wings having battles in midair with with string. That that is my real holiday contribution. Let's be fair. Uh, and then we also have a couple of hue bulbs. Uh, we have a hue light strip behind the television that's now holiday themed, and the light that usually backsplashes off of the ceiling because we don't have a light in the living room is now also a holiday green. So it's a it's very very holiday themed in the front in the front room. Very. Right? 
Uh, Michael wanted to know, do any of you have holiday-themed wallpapers on any of your devices? No, it's not, it's not really for me. I tend to leave my wallpapers alone for months and months at a time. Yeah. And with the iPhone X, just there's no correct wallpaper except just black. And so that's... I guess that's a holiday, you know, holiday wallpaper. If you, depending on how you feel about the holiday, I've got the Cortex <laughs> Grid on mine, uh, which is great. Uh, Twitterific offered this year a holiday icon, which I think is fun. More apps could do that now. With uh, now that apps can redefine their icon, and so I am using the holiday Twitterific icon. That is the one little bit Ooh. of uh, festiveness in my uh, in my devices. Yeah, it's a holy and a Santa hat. Holy and a Santa hat, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess he should be called Holly during the sure, period. That's oh. right. It's a green background, red Santa hat, and a blue uh, Twitterific bird. Yep. I uh, don't have anything on my iPhone or my Mac, but because I had to write an article about holiday watch faces for iMore, oh, I no. do have quite a number of photo faces for my Apple Watch that are various holiday-themed uh, fun. I like that. That's a, that's, a, that's a good idea, actually. It's good, especially now that the photo face has a complication it's not it's not completely useless and it's kind of like a custom watch face but not quite i would like to see the siri watch face get backgrounds to it i feel like that's one you could work with because there isn't always stuff on it hmm. hmm someone should take care of that um hmm. aj <laughs> wants to know jason i'm going to ask you this first do you ever update electronics before wrapping them and putting them under the tree <sighs> um i have done that in the past um, I don't feel like I need to uh, keep the box intact if I can extract something from the box if I know there's an update. Um, sometimes it's it's unrealistic with something like a game console, although like when I got my son the Nintendo Switch for his birthday, I did open it up, run all the updaters like the day before we left on the trip where because uh, I gave it to him while we were on our trip. And so um, like if I had an iPad or something like that and I knew that there was going to be an OS update that was required, I would probably do that. Uh, so if it's convenient to sort of secretly surreptitiously update the the software, I would do it. Sure. Do Kindles still come when like signed in? Do you, is that still a thing that happens? It's, That's pretty cool. It's I your like it's your option. You can you can you can actually say uh, it's by default it will come auto logged into your account, but you can also tell it it's a gift and not to do that. I like that it does that though. It's, like, it's just, a really nice touch, right? Thing. Imagine if you ordered an iPhone and it came signed into your uh, your Apple ID. <laughs> With People all of your apps ready, now that would be a yeah. whole big thing. I would be very excited about that, not having to go through the upgrade process. And Stephen, you also have young children. Is this a thing that you do? Uh, I've not done it because as a nerd, one of the best parts of a new electronics <laughs> is the <laughs> like plastic cling wrap deal. I don't want to undo mm-hmm. that. I want people to have that joy. Um, do you really think that your children care about that? <laughs> they don't get a lot of electronics. I mean, they get like a hand-me-down okay. iPad mini every three years. Mm-hmm. So Okay. They've never had the cling wrap, is what you're saying. Yeah, they've never they gotten used missing. to it. Um, yeah. But you know, for you know, if I do give electronics, you know, to a, a, my spouse or a sibling or something, uh, what I always kind of include of, of you know, I can help if you want or if you need, I can help you get this set up. So I think you know, it's kind of part of the gift as as a nerd. It's part of your gift to the world as your expertise. Uh, I agree with that, and usually my my mo is. If I'm going to give an electronics gift to a member of my family, I will be there the day that they open that electronics gift. Uh, because, yeah, even honestly, I have pre-set up uh, electronics now and again. I, I set up my mother's iPad before I, I gave her an iPad a few years back. 
Um, and while that is in some ways useful, you still get a bunch of questions and sometimes they're even more annoying questions because you haven't quite figured out what they want from their settings where you like you think you know and then you've discovered that something majorly you know is majorly missing and then you don't find out until you're gone so i've i found it's it's generally better unless um as jason said unless you know that there's going to be a big update like for the ps4 for instance when i got rick a ps4 last year i ran all of the updates for both the ps4 and its software because i knew otherwise we were going to be sitting around for four hours waiting for updates before we got to play on christmas day (laughs) you are a good partner that is that is a good thing to do especially for a playstation because they just do not work on christmas because (sighs) psn goes down and so everybody's sad um and our final question comes from graham and graham wants to know what are the best games or distractions for a family over the holiday season ren do you have any hot tips here oh man i have to go with heads up um always because heads up yes is, yeah. yeah always works right always works heads up is delightful and then here's something i also discovered and i'm sad that it was not in stock because it would have been a secret santa gift for one of you uh space team has a card game version Oh, which, yeah, I have that. Which I, I backed am, that Kickstarter. Is it fun? Is it as fun it's as the... It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. I feel like I could get my non-tech friends into that as a game far more easily than I could trying to get them to download it on their devices and have all of the Bluetooth sync and everything else. So, I, I yeah, that's my runner-up. I would say Exploding Kittens is another fantastic card game. Um which is just a really fun game and it's very simple to learn. But the good thing about it is even though it is a simple game, you can, after a few rounds, the strategy can get deep. It's a really fun game that I love to play. So that's, that's a a, a very good option. Jason, what do you have? Uh, Telestrations is an amazingly great game for uh, family gatherings, especially at the holidays. It is our go-to. We will box it up and take it with us if we're traveling. It is basically the game of telephone, where everybody gets a slate. Telestrations comes with a bunch of these little, like, uh, they're not quite, they're, they're the kind of uh, thing where you can write on it and then you lift the thing. and uh, Or no, actually, it's dry erase marker is what they do now. Um, so everybody gets a little slate and a dry erase marker and a secret word that is given to them. And the way it works is you draw the secret word um, and then you pass it to the next person who has to write down what they think the drawing is. And then the next person takes what they wrote down and draws that Mm. and so on. And the goal is, I mean, the goal is to laugh at all the ridiculous things that happen when people draw things badly and misunderstand what things are. But ultimately, the goal is to try and get your drawing uh, and concept all the way back around to you in this game of telephone. And uh, that rarely happens, but uh, the laughs are aplenty. So I really recommend that. And a thing similar to that, actually, on the digital side that I'll recommend, I've had great success lately playing Jackbox Party Pack, which is available on iOS, on all the consoles. It's on Apple TV. And the, the brilliance of it is you pop that on the television or on a big iPad and everybody just uses their phones to log into a website and they play on the website and it's got great sound effects and music and there are a bunch of different mini games and there are four different Jackbox packs now and uh, that's that's fun for everybody and you don't have to be super technical to be into it because almost everybody has a phone with a web browser and that's all you really need and there are drawing games and word games and uh, various levels of complexity and uh, that's a lot of fun too. Turns out they brought one of their games, Lice Water, to the Amazon Echo. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. That's fun. Yeah. 
Just found that out by going to their website for the show notes. Hmm. Stephen, what do you have? Any any good tips for party games? Uh, you know, my family's not a big, a big, huge game family. Uh, if it's all the siblings and in-laws, you know, it'll, it'll do, you know, we'll kind of revert back to a classic like Risk. That's a big, uh, a big fun one in our family. And there, there are a couple of different iOS versions of that that allow multiplayer. None of them are super great. Um, so we kind of go, go old school there, but, um, you know, with the kids, I mean, my kids are still like young kids games ages so if you, i'm really good at hungry hungry hippo okay, i'm really good mm. at it guys i can crush my three-year-old <laughs> <laughs> i'm very pleased for you i'm very, very pleased I, i'll take it you. where i can get it some days honestly <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh this is what i'm good at hungry hungry hippos yep. all right so i want to thank everybody for uh sending in their questions you can send in questions to us with the hashtag AskUpgrade. But if you have preferred Ren and Stephen's question answers more, then you may like the way that they answer your questions. So send them in with the hashtag AskQuery and listen to Query on Relay FM every couple of weeks. So that's at relay.fm slash query. All right, let me take um, a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about our Secret Santa gifts that we bought for everybody. Surprise. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Encapsula. They will help you delight visitors to your site while frustrating attackers all because of their bulletproof security options and fast content delivery network. Right now, somewhere in the world, even over the holidays, websites are being attacked. Criminals are using giant botnets to scrape content and break into databases, bringing sites down. You want a huge network behind your site to make sure that this doesn't happen. And that's what Encapsula is all about. They can process 30 billion attacks per second. And they have 24-7 customer support. So they're ready to help you whenever you need it. We've also the best service level agreement in the business. And you can keep up to date with everything that's happening on your website using Encapsula Smart Dashboard, which allows you to get real-time overview of all of the comings and goings. As a listener of this site of this show, you can get one whole month of service for free. Just go to Encapsula.com slash upgrade. That's I-N-C-A-P-S-U-L-A dot com slash upgrade. Check it out right now and find out more about what Encapsula can do for you and claim your free month. Give Encapsula a try. You won't regret it. Thank you so much to Encapsula for their support of this show and Relay FM. Okay, so we had an independent upgrade gift robot uh, called Merlin uh, mm-hmm. assigned to each of us and a secret Santa, upgrade secret Santa. So we've all bought gifts for each other. The value was around $20. Right. Um, there was originally a $20 limit that I think maybe we all broke. In the great tradition of company Secret Santas, <laughs> where they give you a dollar amount and nobody follows it, we also nope. didn't do that. And thanks, by the way, to uh, the Merlin bot, who we needed somebody who could pass messages along without, uh, and also assign who got who for a secret Santa without us knowing. And, uh, and so our friend Merlin did it. And thank you, Merlin. Um, I sent him, uh, uh, I sent him something. I sent him a secret Santa present as a thank you. So hopefully he'll get that. Uh, well, and somebody did, it. right? Oh, uh, uh, no, it's, it was me. <laughs> Revealed. <laughs> Merlin, Spoilers. that box is from me. Oh! Thank you, Merlin bot. Okay. Jason. You're going to tell us about the present that you received. Yes. And give us a little review of it. Yeah. So I got something called The Space Adventure, which is a card. It's a card game, but it's one of these um, card uh, storytelling, collaborative, creative kind of like jumping off point 
games. So like um, my son and his friend like to play a game called Super Fight, where you basically kind of dole out superheroes with powers and uh, you you kind of tell a story about who that superhero is and, and how the fight goes between them and the other person's superhero. Um, so this is like that, where you're, you're creating um, a story about a, 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 an adventure in space and uh, everybody is supposed to get a series of cards and then they are supposed to draw actually like a representation of what their adventure in space would look like so for example i could say serenity you are a bionaut you need to create something to eat and drink and resource uh, research the resources you need to use on the planet that you're landing on you are landing on winter world which is a world populated by hungry pandas and the city that you build needs to be round and from that, you would then uh, you would then sketch up the hungry panda winter world with round things as the uh, as as seen by the captain of uh, the bionaut captain of the explorer ship that landed on that planet. Whereas Mike, you are a diplomat, so you need to create a social space for the citizens of your colony and wonder what the needs of the new species are. Uh, you will be living in underground world sad unfortunately you have to live underground it's very hot on the planet surface it is populated by a race of shy giants and the city that you build needs to be tiny and it goes on steven you are the chief and not you're a very you you need to create a special form of transportation um and think about how your design is powered uh, you are going to volcano world hey that might be how you power it use the volcanoes uh it's populated by a race of polite vampires and uh, you need to make your design very futuristic. So it's stuff like that. And it's a lot of fun. And then is the idea that somebody has to guess them, like to guess what's going on? I think everybody draws them and then they explain them. And then the group sort of decides which one they like the best. And then that's it. It's just oh, meant okay, to be cool. kind of a fun conversation thing, um, which is there are a lot of games like this that are like sort of storytelling or creative jumping off point games. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, is, is it a game? Is it an activity? I don't even know what it is. And obviously really great with kids. So, uh, yeah, because there's no like strictly defined by luck, winner or loser. Right. Which is, that's kind of fun. So everyone can kind of just decide like if little Johnny has worked really hard and you can see that little Johnny has worked really hard, you can just let little Johnny win. Right. right? And, and it's the appeal <laughs> of having like a random thing that makes you be creative. Cause you suddenly you're like, Whoa, I'm in, I'm in the underground or I'm in the volcano world with the shy vampires. Uh, what, what does that mean? How does that world look like? And you have to kind of engage your creativity to figure out how that would work. Well, the shy vampires, you know, they're going to stay out of the light because they're vampires and you just kind of keep doing it like that with a space theme. So, uh, Lupo, the space adventure. Thanks. Secret Jason, Santa. Do you want, do you, do you want to guess Jason? Well, I, yeah, let's, I, I'll, I'll give you my guess and I will reveal everything at the end, I suppose. Um, okay. my guess, although I do a space podcast with Steven, uh, my guess having attended her wedding, which was space themed and having revealed earlier that she would have gotten something similar for the secret Santa, uh, the space team game, but it was not available. I'm going to guess this is from Serenity, but I don't know. Mm, Interesting. Okay. Good guess. Interesting. Good guess. Well, Ren, why don't we go to you next, actually? What uh, what did you receive? Right. Well, uh, I received something that went back to the 1960s, 1970s in a very strange way. Okay. Uh, which is to say I, I have a cardboard-based smartphone magnifier that is built uh, to resemble an old television. 
Uh, and it, it essentially, you put your, your iPhone or other smartphone up to 5.4, up to, up to iPhone 7 plus size, uh, into a tray that is shaped like a VHS tape. You slide it in and press play on whatever, uh, video that you would like to watch. Uh, and then slide it in, and there is an old-school uh, magnifier on the front of this that, in addition to being textured like an old CRT television, uh, blows up your screen. So instead of having, you know, a five-ish five inches screen, you're going to have something that looks more like seven or eight. Uh, it is wickedly clever, I have to say, first and foremost, for something that is entirely cardboard. Um, and yeah, it just, it looks much, uh, more high quality than I think it actually is, which is, hmm. which is always nice when you're going for a sub 20 gift that actually has some functionality. Uh, it has some very smart, uh, some very smart modifications. It has little speaker holes in the bottom right corner so that you can actually properly project your sound while your iPhone is trapped within this faux television. Uh, and it's, it even has a little space for quote unquote ejecting your videotape on the opposite side of the tape where you just tap it and the, the video, the cardboard videotape holder slides out. Uh, and it also has a little slot where you can plug in a, plug in some power if you're watching something especially long. So on a, on an overall competency thing, this is, this is a pretty cool little, little gift. Uh, the only downside is because it is essentially using a plastic magnifier. Unless you're looking at it straight on, you're going to get some some strange artifacting and moving of the of the image. So, for instance, it's sitting to the right of me here, uh, and with a video playing, I just actually I picked Home Alone because because uh, why not? Uh, with a video playing and me sitting at the the iMac, I can see the bottom right corner of it in the top right top left corner of oh. the screen. Oh, how interesting! So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I move, if I move my, my head from in front of my iMac to in front of the magnifier, then it shows up in complete 100, 100 degree or 100 degree, 100% vision. Uh, so it, yeah, it has, it has some issues if you're looking at it off, off center, if you're looking at it up from, from above or from a blow or on either side. Uh, so initially I thought it would be really cool to put in the, in the bedroom. I was like, oh, we'll put it on our, on our, uh, uh, uh <laughs> on our dresser, uh, and just pop our smartphone in if we want to watch a, a movie. And no, not so much because it doesn't look like there's any image there. Uh, but if you're, again, if you have a desk where you get to look straight on at it, it's actually, it's quite cool. Or if you have an arbitrary, I don't know, if you get a, uh, what are the what are the things from Twelve South called? Not a backpack, but the the high rises. Yeah, get a, get a high rise. Uh, buy a yeah. buy a seventy dollar accessory you for your for your fifteen dollar <laughs> smartphone magnifier. <laughs> Be great. Be great. Overall, this is a very cute gift, though. Ren, would you like to guess who bought it for you? Ooh, okay. Uh, I don't know actually. I am going to lean either you, Mike, or Jason. So I'm like I, I can't decide whom. Pick I think one. I would slightly pick one. Pick one. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna slightly lean towards you, Mike. Okay, Stephen, you go next. So my gift is a a set of gifts. There are two items that are related. The first is a little snowman. He's maybe five inches tall, four inches tall, and he has. You can hear the cable on my desk. He's powered by USB Type A, mercifully, 
And you plug to him do in. What? <laughs> you plug him in, and he has a light inside, and he lights up. Okay. I did not plug this into my computer because that okay. seems like a great way for <laughs> to be hacked. Someone by the snowman to have all my data. <laughs> Uh, but I plugged it in with an iPhone charger, and he just he lights up, and uh, he has a little hat and a scarf, and he's adorable. Um, I've I've named I need I need to name him. I think he I feel like he needs a name, but he doesn't have one yet. But he comes with a friend. The friend I'm going to read the name of this. I'm just going to read you some of the text in the box because it's it just speaks for itself. <laughs> it is the rotating moon star projection lamp colon twinkle twinkle little stars. It's a uh, it's a nightlight. It's got some LEDs in it. it has four LEDs in it, and uh, you can basically hit a series of buttons to change the color. And it projects, you know, stars and moons up on the wall and the ceiling and that sort of thing. Um, but it's it's one of those products. Again, it's powered by USB. I'm not plugging this in, into a computer. I plugged it into a, a iPhone wall charger. Uh, it comes with uh, you know steady light with different changing color. Uh, it some 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 bullet points in the box romantic projection show project the moon and stars onto the walls and ceiling uh it has two usage singular oh god as, as a stationary light and a rotatable moon star projection lamp and you can turn on in three ways use four AAA batteries powered by the USB cable with charger there's not a charger in the box just a USB cable or connected with computer, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to put this into any computer I own. That seems like a terrible idea. So basically, two two lights: one Christmas themed with my little snowman friend, and then a not very bright, definitely shady star moon projection light. Oh, do you want to guess who bought that for you? Uh, I think I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason, the snowman. For some reason he kind of reminds me of Jason. Interesting. And, <laughs> And uh, yeah, he's, he's okay. Well, you know, I do live where it's where we make snowmen all the time yeah. out here. So he's, yeah. he's smiling at me, and it looks like he has thoughts about the iMac Pro. And then Jason <laughs> and I, of course, do a space show together, and uh, this is space themed. So I'm going to guess Jason. All right, it is my turn. I have a 1960s Batman themed Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> wow. Now I Amazing. have no idea if if Stretch Armstrong. Uh, reached the United States oh, it of absolutely America. Did. I'm assuming. Absolutely. Okay. Did. Great. I, I, I was assuming so because I have one, and uh, I didn't buy this for myself. However, I have a few stories to tell. So uh, first, I'll describe. In, in case you don't know, Stretch Armstrong, uh, and especially the Batman Stretch Armstrong, is a, a wonder to behold. Um, it is a uh, human-shaped thing or a batman shaped thing in this case <laughs> you can also get them in scooby-doo um and other other related properties um where it is a a human made of rubber um which is filled with i think corn syrup and something <laughs> so basically it is stretchable to quite a length so you can basically just pull on the appendages of the human uh or the batman and stretch batman into many different uh ways so you can pull him around you can twist him up you can tie him up into knots if you want to um stretch armstrong is a, is a retro toy um and they've brought it back for this holiday season and with it came a few additional characters like batman so i have a, i have a few stories to tell uh one is a story in which i need to go back about 20 years so uh about 20 years ago 
um, a little Mike loved Stretch Armstrong and had one. Um, but that Stretch Armstrong, the original Stretch Armstrong, just the dude, Stretch Armstrong, um, he got his leg ripped off by a younger brother <gasps> who tied the leg... Tied, yeah, tied the leg around a bedpost, tied the arm to the back of a car, like a human-sized car, a baby-sized car, you know, as when she sit in, and then pedaled until uh, the leg ripped off. So, oh, my God. That's what happened to young Mike Stretch Armstrong. Then young Mike got a Stretch Armstrong dog. There was a dog, like, um, it was a Stretch Dog, I think it was called, or Stretch... I don't know. It's many, many, Fetch Armstrong actually was the name. Fetch Armstrong. Uh, Mike loved Fetch Armstrong. And on the last day of school, took him to school with him. Fetch Armstrong got stolen by another, by another school pupil. So you would, you would think that receiving another Stretch Armstrong related property would bring back many peculiar memories. But it was actually quite a surprise for me. Because I was expecting to receive Batman Stretch Armstrong on the day that Batman Stretch Armstrong arrived for me, because I had ordered Batman Stretch Armstrong for my nephew for Christmas, and he was arriving that day by Amazon. So I opened my Amazon packages, like, okay, so great, there's the Batman Stretch Armstrong that I was expecting. I opened the second box, expecting to find more presents for Christmas, and found yet another Batman Stretch Armstrong that came with a note (laughs) with... Uh, Mike attention upgrade. So this oh. was a this was a big surprise for me. So I then was uh, at my huge surprise in that one of my co-hosts had just the random happenstance to decide to buy this gift for me. I shared this story with uh, my fiance, to which she did not react in any way, which was a big surprise for me because this was one of the biggest coincidences to occur in my entire life. So I suspect that Stephen bought me this because he would be the person who I guess would be most likely to ask Adina um, about this gift. Uh, And she didn't give it away, but her face sure did. But I will say (laughs) I am very happy with my gift because um, this will finally be a a Stretch Armstrong that will not either get ripped in half or stolen. (laughs) So third time, third time to charm. So let's go down the list. Uh, Ren, did you buy Jason his Secret Santa? I did, in fact. Thank you. And Mike, did you buy Ren her Secret Santa? Yes, in fact, I did. Uh, Jason, did you buy Stephen his Secret Santa? Yes, I did. And then, uh, Stephen, (laughs) I was right. You bought mine, didn't you? did. And did you cheat by asking Adina? So I I can tell you the story. Okay, tell me the story. my, My initial idea... So what I've discovered is that toys from the 90s on eBay are super cheap. I've been down a Dubai Friday-inspired Lego hole, and I just have way too many 90s Lego now in my office. <laughs> um, but I thought, I know, uh, Mike likes Nintendo, and Mike mm-hmm. grew up in the 90s. I was going to pick you up like an old Game Boy Color or something. But I was uh, So I texted Federico, and I said, hey, do you, has Mike ever mentioned to you does he have one of these? Because Mike, you have a lot of you know a lot of nerdy stuff, and I figured you know maybe you've bought one or kept one as a, from a child. I didn't want to get you something that you already had. Uh, and Federico wasn't sure, so this was when you were in Seattle. So I knew I could text Adina and then not be suspicious, right? She she doesn't have to mm. like you know 
be weird if who, who she's texting and she could ramsack your office when you're not there. <laughs> so <laughs> I had her go through your desk and uh, you, I think you have a Game Boy Advance. I think is what she found. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I said, you know, that's kind of close. I don't want to uh, get in the in the way. Uh, and so I said, okay, well, I'll keep thinking. And uh, she texted me back a little while later and told me the exact story you just told on the show about Stretch Armstrong <laughs> being murdered. So clearly this weighs on your psyche in a way that you yep. need, probably need yep. to see somebody about. Well, it um, had recently come up at a family gathering because I was buying a Stretch Armstrong for my yeah. nephew. That's she, how this whole thing came that about. That did not uh, make it into our conversation, although that is hysterical that you opened two on the same day. It was uh, wonderful. And so she, you know, she brought that story up and I went on Amazon and my first thought was, oh, I'll get him a Spider-Man one because you like Spider-Man. But I, and we've argued about this, believe that Batman is a superior superhero because Spider-Man's powers are dumb and uh, got you the, the Batman version. So that's, that's my story. Is there a Spider-Man one? That's my story. I didn't even know there was a Spider-Man one. If there is, I don't know if there is or not. I saw the Batman one and knew that's what you needed. Because if there is, Batman's going to get friend. That's what's going to happen. But no, I th- no, it looks like that they just have... It looks like it's just Batman and Scooby-Doo is what I can find. Okay. So I would say that this has been a success all around. I think everybody got great and or slightly dubious gifts. And uh, <laughs> we, all, we all were able to guess each other, which I think means that we know each other very well, I guess, in all manner of respects. So I would say that the inaugural Upgrade Secret Santa has been a, a roaring success, mm-hmm. wouldn't you, Jason? I think so. This is what Secret Santas are all about, <laughs> is exactly this, which is <laughs> lo- moderate to low-priced gifts and uh, that you wouldn't buy yourself, but that you get from somebody else. And, and then, yes, maybe... Maybe after this is all over, you'll give them away. Or maybe, Stephen, you'll be looking at that snowman for years to come. Yeah. <laughs> little, that is called little, guilting presence. Little, uh, <laughs> little uh, snow, snow snail yeah, sitting here. Sure. I look forward to hopefully seeing snow snail appear in the uh, background of a YouTube video. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yes. Without a doubt. <laughs> that's, that's what I Perhaps hope Perhaps a review of snow snail. Mm. <laughs> Let's not go too far. Today's show is also brought to you by Pingdom. You can go and start monitoring your websites and servers at pingdom.com. You'll get a 14-day free trial when you enter the offer code RelayXmas. That's R-E-L-A-Y-X-M-A-S at checkout. You will also get yourself a huge holiday special 50% off your first invoice. That is a very big discount from our friends at Pingdom. Pingdom want to make your website more reliable. That's what they care about. And they do that by offering powerful and easy to use tools and services for you and your website. Basically, what Pingdom will do is monitor your site. And if anything goes wrong, absolutely anything goes wrong on any part of your site, they will let you know. If your site goes down, if your login functionality goes down, if just your checkout functionality goes down, they can tell you. They have over 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site and check its availability as often as every minute. And if something goes down, you're going to be the first to know. And they can let you know in a myriad of ways. Maybe you want to receive a text message. Maybe you want an email. Maybe you want a push notification. They can bombard you with any and all of them they would let you know immediately. Pingdom will be the first to know when your site is down, and then you'll be the second, so you can go and fix it. You just give Pingdom the URL that you want to monitor, and they take care of everything. You don't want to hear about your site not working first because somebody told you on Twitter. You want to be able to go and fix it yourself. And 
especially over the holiday season, it's going to be working all the time, right? It's just going to be there. So you don't have to keep checking it. You can go and do whatever it is you need to be doing over the holidays. And if something breaks, you can go and fix it. Go to pingdom.com right now. You'll get a 14-day free trial and a huge 50% off when you use the code RelayXmas at checkout. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. So we are going to continue and upgrade Mike at the Movies uh, tradition and watch a Home Alone movie. And also in tradition, um, I have seen this movie, but Jason has not. So last year, Jason watched Home Alone for the first time. And I would say on the whole, you enjoyed Home Alone. Is that right to say, Jason? Yeah. I think that you yeah, enjoyed I, it. I get why people watch it and like it and why it was a hit. It was, uh, it was fun. And uh, anybody that has seen Home Alone 2 can understand that if you enjoyed Home Alone 1, there's a strong chance you'll like Home Alone 2 because it is by and large the same movie, uh, which is one of the things that I like about Home Alone 2. <laughs> um, I'm interested to know, Jason, did you like the fact that Home Alone 2 was the same movie basically as Home Alone? I understand why they did this, but I did have that thought of this is, uh, I think what I said when we finished watching it was, this is like a, a perfect example of having a movie be a hit and just deciding to make it again. Because that's what it is. It is It is. It is just like, let's just do it all again. We'll play all the same notes in all the same ways. It doesn't even need to really make sense why it's all happening again. It just is because everybody liked that movie, so let's do it again. Now, in a moment, I'll come back to some of the interesting ramifications of this when you look at the movie from the movie's world. Um, but Ren, I'm assuming you've probably seen this movie before, and do you like Home Alone 2? I actually like Home Alone 2 the best of all of the Home Alone movies. It was actually so most I feel like a large number of people have a Christmas story as their yearly play this on the television. Home Alone 2 was ours. And I think I have seen this movie more definitely more times than I can count. It was a it was a childhood staple. Um, and rewatching it again, I I remember why it was. It's Definitely, there are there are some things in this movie that do not age well, uh, but <laughs> at the same time, yeah. uh, what I actually find kind of charming about Home Alone and just all of the Home Alone movies in general is it is basically, it is the James Bond formula applied to failed capers. Uh, and it's basically like, hey, does this work? Let's try a caper in a different location with some of the same or all of the same people. And let's add in a, a fun friend uh, or in this case, a, a homeless woman who feeds birds. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, you know, have uh, have some fun with it. I bottom line, this this movie has flaws, but I like it. Stephen, was Home Alone 2 a staple in the Hackett holiday household? It, it was n not as much as the first one. Uh, I don't think, and I haven't seen the first one and I don't know how long, but, uh, my wife watched home alone one with a friend like three or four nights ago. And then we watched home alone two last night oh, and she was that's like, a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. She, she said too, too much of the McAllister family, uh, but yeah. she really remarked just like how obviously, okay, this movie worked. Maybe we don't know why it works. So let's make everything the same, but way more deadly. And you know, Hey, Oh, the deadliness. Yes. So, um, for me, uh, mine and Ren's situation are very similar. I love this movie. I always have loved this movie. Um, I love it more than the original and have seen it more. And having watched this movie, I've realized why, why I have had uh, the feeling in me for my entire life that I want to spend Christmas in New York. 
it's because of this movie. Like I, all of those things, uh, I wanted to spend Christmas in New York and we did get to spend some Christmas in New York a couple of years ago. And it was everything that I wanted it to be because everything looked like it did in the movie by and large, except I couldn't find, uh, Duncan's toy chest. Um, or as I like to think of it in my head and have since I was a kid, toy Duncan's chest, because that's the way it's written. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> from left to right. So it is a uh, toy Duncan's chest. Uh, which um i enjoy a lot and i i would assume many children probably think that's the case because it's not very clearly written um (laughs) toy duncan's chest mike i think you and i had the same movies growing up pretty much the exact (laughs) same movies growing up (laughs) so one of the things about this movie which i find even funnier as I am an adult is the fact that this, this in this world, in the McAllister world, it could happen that a second time, <laughs> maybe one or two years apart, Kevin gets lost. And it, they, it's you know, one they year. even to the it's point, 12 is months, it one year? Months, yeah. Is it's it the next, next Christmas. Yeah. To the point that they even make jokes about it as a family. It still happens. And like, I know that like airport security was very different then, but I just, I really like just struggled to understand. Like my favorite moment in this is so they're running to the gate, right? To get there, to go catch the, the plane. And they get there and the mom, what is her name? Uh, well, aside Kate, from this, it's Catherine Kate. O'Hara. Yeah. Kate. Kate. Okay. That she stands there and starts counting the kids and then like the, the, the check-in agents like, no, 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 just get on. And she's like, okay. <laughs> she, she 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 understands that this could be a pro- problem but it's just like ah whatever they told me to get on, I get on this is this is one of the big problems i have with this movie is that like the first one tries very hard to set works really hard to set up the premise of how you would leave a kid home alone like how yep. many things had to go wrong this one i don't think you can have it both ways like there's the reality part of it which is that there is no way she would not let kevin like he would be holding her hand the entire way through they would always be checking for kevin it would never happen again and but this movie goes through all the steps of like oh look at all these crazy things that had to happen for this to get to the point where he was left home alone again and i thought to myself at this point if you're just gonna do this just don't even bother like don't waste half an hour other than because they want to replay everything that happened in the first movie for nostalgia reasons like why are you trying to create mechanics because it, it just you've left reality so far behind i would just get over it i would have liked i would have liked kevin to just like spite them is what i was thinking yeah. it's like he was the last one on and they took and his mom turns away to hand her boarding pass and he just takes off and by the time and maybe they don't even get on the plane but by the time that uh they they get off and realize he's not there he's he's used the cash to buy a ticket to new york and he's gone right something <laughs> like that i would have rather had it been like kevin is aggressively getting away because it for a moment you think that's what he's going to do because he's really grumpy about his stupid family because they're awful and uh i expected that that would have been i would have liked that better if they they had uh, gone that way because the accidental losing a second time it's like why i I don't know i didn't need to see that again because the first time i kind of went with it and the second time i'm like nope Mm -hmm. mm -mm, no just make it more ridiculous by the fact that they were late because sure. you've had 364 days where your alarm clock has woke you up, right? So you're like, you're good. But yeah, the, like even like it does seem like at the start of the movie, it's starting to go that way because like Kevin's like, I don't want to be with you guys. Like he's like, yeah, I don't totally. want to be with you. Like, so it Run seems like away, he might kid. them. <laughs> but then they seem to just let that go and yeah. it's still just a mix up. 
which is funny. Also, it Buzz, is funny. I will Buzz say, is awful, by the way. Buzz is awful. And I, I do feel so, is, so are all the parents. Why do they laugh so much? My note is Buzz <laughs> my note is that Buzz is a jerk and the rest of the people in this family are idiots. And I do appreciate like it does get me on Kevin's side immediately that um when they're like, Oh, you better apologize to Buzz and I'm sitting there going, Do not apologize to Buzz and he's like, No, I'm not gonna apologize. I'm like, All right, kid, good job. Stick stick with it. <laughs> the talk boy. I had a talk boy. That was my favorite toy for a very long time. I absolutely loved that thing. I mean, there are, again, there are many interesting things that happen with that in this movie, which maybe the speaker on that thing, or actually, I know the speaker on that thing wasn't that good, um, but the, the Talkboy tape recorder was an incredible thing. And the Talkboy, there was a whole Talkboy line of products that existed for a long time, of which I think I owned all of them, including the Talkboy watch and the Talkboy pen. Like, that was a great toy line for me as a kid. Um, and I remember once that <laughs> as a, I, I will say that this is in retaliation for Stretch Armstrong. Um, I was able to record my younger brother admitting to something that he'd done. He'd spilled something or broken something via the use of a concealed Talkboy tape recorder and played oh it back to my parents. <laughs> my mom didn't appreciate the fact that I'd done that so much, but I did it. So as you can tell, like <laughs> me and my younger brother, we get on very well now. We didn't get on so well uh, as kids. So, but I did do that. It, I did, my I did my favorite part about the Talkboy is according to Wikipedia, which is never wrong. Mm. It was conceived for this movie and then Hasbro made a bunch of them and just just took a giant swimming pool full of money from all these people. Like, yep. it, it's so great that it started life as a movie prop and then became a toy. Yeah, I mean, well, everybody wanted it because the movie, right? Like, oh, and, yeah. then they, and then it just became its own thing after that because the original Talkboy was so expensive that they made the Talkboy pen, which seemed like wizardry. It was like a, a digital recorder at that point. Uh, yeah, it was it was very cool. Like the original Talkboy, I don't remember if the one that you bought had cassettes. I think it did, though. I think that was still a cassette-based toy. Yeah, it was cassette-based. There you go. So, and, and At least also, the female one was... <laughs> Oh, do you mean the talk girl, which oh, is yeah. ridiculous? Which was so and it dumb. Was pink. It yeah, was so it was dumb. Pink. I could not convince my parents to buy me a talk boy. They insisted oh, on a talk girl, and I was just no, I was no, no. furious. I was like, I want the blue one. Blue one's cooler. Anyway, I, there is for for many years. I have believed that there was a game girl, like a, a girl version of the <gasps> Game Boy. But I think I'm thinking of this. Like there were pink Game Boys, but I think it is the talk girl that I'm thinking of when I think yeah. that there is a game there was girl. the game gear, but not the game yeah. girl. But there was pink versions of the Game Boy, but they just called it Game Boy because it doesn't mean it's for boys. Like it's just a toy. But anyway, uh, the talk boy was amazing and is used to great effect throughout this entire film. But yes, I think the 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 big difference in this movie is that instead of being alone at home, Kevin is in another city he's, he's in new lost york city. in new york he's lost in new york which is a thing that he wanted because uh, for a, a re- unknown reason records an ad about the plaza hotel uh, whilst he's still at home um but that was very helpful for him later on when he needed to book a reservation uh i don't know why any adult would take a reservation from from the slowed down voice uh that was given <laughs> to them this uh, perfectly uh, timed for conversation <laughs> yeah it's very well oh no because you just press play and i have them my favorite part is it's peter mcallister the father (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the father. Just so you know, it's not it's not a child. This is a father. I like talking. this part, and the reason I like this part is it's not in the other movie, right? This is this is. I mean, there's so, sort of like it when he goes shopping and all yeah. that, but this is like uh, this whole comedy bit with the hotel and with Tim Curry and Rob Schneider and and they uh, and and I, I like that. I also like that. Well, Tim Curry is is a little too villainous, but like Rob Schneider, you end up being like they're hapless, and so instead of being burglars, they're just kind of clueless adults that he's uh he's uh he's putting the moves on and kind of getting them all confused by his his uh devious child genius or whatever he has uh, so i like i like this part of it. i like the hotel part except for the part where donald trump walks by that's a i like to imagine that he was insufferable on the set and he wanted to be in the shot and chris columbus agreed that he would be in the shot and it's uh yeah that's like a, I, I like to believe. Um, I uh, I love that Tim Curry is so immediately mistrusting of him, like for a completely unknown reason. He just sees the boy in the lobby and he's like, "Find out everything you can about that boy." Right? Like, why? <laughs> what, because what he's do? not dressed to the standards of the Plaza Hotel. Clearly, <laughs> he's judging him. He's judging him hard. I like that Kevin has got like him. lots of grifter moves though that he gets them convinced. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my dad just dropped me off, and you've got a reservation, and all this stuff. Like, I like that he talks. He's he's a smart kid, and he can talk his way. Because how do you get like that's the whole premise here is how do you how do you get a kid into this hotel? And uh, and he does it. Like I, I like that. It's almost like a heist. <laughs> it's like how do we get this kid into the hotel? It with is no parents? like a heist. Yeah. It is, and I like I like the line where he's like, uh, I'll, "I'll get up to a bit of mischief." Like I like that he's he like he's 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 playing the little cheeky boy card pretty well. He does a he does a good job. Like uh, when he's trying to get the he's like, "What is he like, lady? I don't know how to use credit cards or something like that." Yeah. He's like, "I'm just a kid." <laughs> And then when he sees her, like do that thing. What is that thing called with the card? The the chunk chunk machine. That, that's what, what it's called. It? That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the credit, the, yeah, yeah, swiping it's a credit that's, authorization. Yeah, it's running a credit machine. card back in the in the day where you did that that way. Do so you make a you make like carbon copies of the numbers that are raised on the credit card? That was how we did it back in the day. By the way, back I've looked it up day. on Wikipedia, which is never wrong. Uh, Donald Trump bought the Plaza Hotel in 1988. 1992, when the movie was released, uh, the the, the uh, uh, it was. Uh, ownership was transferred in one of donald trump's uh many real estate bankruptcies so there you go womp, womp. Womp. um I, I was very impressed at kevin's uh, master puppeteering um during the shower scene with the big inflatable clown he's, very, <laughs> he's gotten even better at puppeteering he's very very talented uh, i guess he had he honed his skills uh, just in case this ever happened to him again. This cracks me up because I didn't actually remember this until I saw it uh, watching this again last year uh, or last year, la- yesterday night. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what? How? Who thought this would be a funny gag to put in a film? And why does it work? Because I still don't understand why it works. It's funny, but I don't know why. Um, there, This, this part reminds me because it's music themed. Uh, I love the music in this movie, like the soundtrack and just the, really the music good. in general. But the theme, like the John Williams score, is wonderful. Like one of my favorite things about Home Alone is the music. Anyway, like the themes, the two big themes from Home Alone, like I absolutely love them, um, and they're still in this movie. And along with all the other music, it's just so good. Like that moment when uh, Tim Curry's is like sneaking through the room. Like all of the music is just so fantastic. Um, and then, oh, of course, our, our villains are back. The Wet Bandits 
uh, they were put in prison. I like that them escaping from prison made front page news uh, on the newspapers. <laughs> sure. The wet bandits have escaped. You remember those people that robbed one house? <laughs> they got one house, and, not in New York. <laughs> yep, they're, they're they're out. So watch out. Uh, but they they're kind of working on it, and they bump into each other after. Kevin's visit to Duncan's toy chest, which is one of my other favorite parts of this movie. Again, just because I was a kid and just imagining that a toy store like that would exist was quite a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's it's like the off-brand FAO shorts or something. Um, the and I think you mean toy junk Duncan's chest. Uh, the okay, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Like th- this is where I really draw the line with this movie, which is they don't just want it to have the exact same plot as the first movie. They literally don't want to change the characters in the movie. So they bring them back, which is like totally ridiculous that they would be there and that they would see him and all of that. And I had a moment where I thought, wouldn't it be more fun if there were new robbers who didn't know Kevin's moves, who had to, uh, you know, who had to, he had to fight that were like New York criminals, but instead it's just Joe Pesci uh, and Daniel Stern. And I have to, I have to applaud Joe Pesci this movie literally just has him do cartoon dialogue at various points where all he's saying is he's just laughing to yeah. himself a lot but also. it's like they didn't give him dialogue like yeah, stupid kevin or whatever or or if they did he didn't use it and he's literally just saying the whole movie it's amazing so full credit but um maybe nobody else wanted to play these characters because they are murdered repeatedly and somehow stay yeah. alive i don't know how that's possible <laughs> i honestly though i understand why you're saying that but i can't imagine this movie any other way like it, in for me is either the three of them or it doesn't work because when they change it for three and four it kind of sucks that's why they did it this way it's because people yep. like you want to see the want to see that other movie again and that's fine that's mm-hmm. fine i uh i i would have maybe suggested they make a different movie but they didn't so that's that's okay they just play this one again my favorite callback to the original movie is when they bump into each other for the first time and um harry has an m imprint on his hand yes which is from the doorknob uh-huh in the original movie which i love yep like because when he, he, it must have been one of the burning ones yeah and he's very cautious about doorknobs all throughout this movie he like taps yes. them real mm-hmm. lightly to make sure they're not mm-hmm. hot like that seri- that that made a real I mean, I guess a literal and a psychological <laughs> impression on him. on him. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, he's they've learned a little bit. There's some uh, character progression in this film, yeah. albeit minor. Yeah. That's as far as they evolve. Yep. Doorknobs. Now, of course, all I want to talk about is the scene with the many injuries. But there is a part that I wanted to just touch on before that, which gets us to that, which is Kevin's... Well, of course, well, I'm not even thinking about the uh, the return of the movie. Was he was the sequel? Is like even filthier angels or something? It's called. Mm-hmm. It's got some some name like that. Uh, with the again the same scene, he's just playing and stopping at the video, uh, which works perfectly, and everybody very uh, conveniently falls into the trap to have all of the the words used perfectly whenever it's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Kevin lost in New York at night part, I didn't like it as a kid and I don't like it now. Um, 
it scared me as a kid. Now I just I just think that it is a mostly pointless scene with him bumping in to various ne'er-do-wells in the evening, including the taxi driver, who I don't know why the taxi driver wants to scare him away and then drive away. Uh, but he does, and he does, and it's very peculiar to me. This is scary New York. This is this is before New York became less scary. This is sort of like at the end tail end of that period where New York yeah. was always portrayed and and was you know dirty and full of crime and there's that line where it's like you can't go out there on the street lady there's there's the criminals everywhere roaming around the streets of new york and it's like that was what it was like in fact i went to new york for the first time uh by myself uh, about two months did you escape from your family i did well well, sort of i (laughs) I suppose uh about two months after this movie came out i was in your february 93 and i remember it being you know kind of shabby and crappy and the next time i went back to new york city like eight years later or whatever completely different like way definitely this was right at the end of that period where it was kind of dark and drab and dirty and Times square was full of like porno places and stuff like that and it's not like that anymore so this is a a bygone era of uh, super scary new york jason did you foil any uh toy store robberies or i unfortunately i did not but it does say something about the 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 vast I never feel older than uh, than when talking to people younger than me about things that hit them in their childhood because it's that moment where I'm like, oh, this was your childhood. I was in my first year of grad school when this movie came out, so I was <laughs> Sorry, not paying Jason. attention to movies about uh, about kids. And I hadn't seen Home Alone, right? I totally missed that, so why mm-hmm. would I see the sequel? Turns out it, it, yeah. it would have been fine. But uh, yeah, anyway, so yeah, it's scary New York. Well, it's one scary. of the reasons that you may have seen it was for the increase in severity of the injuries sustained to uh, the wet bandits. It's amazing. And like yeah. Last year, sticky bandits, have, Mike. We're the sticky, the sticky bandits. Sticky bandits, bandits yeah. now. Like last Branding. year, I have listed and will now list to you every injury that is sustained in uh, this in the scene at the renovated the renovating house. Which, by the way, that house needs serious renovations because there is a lot wrong with that house. Uh, I can't believe anybody oh, lived yeah. in it. Well, yeah, I mean, they've got, they've obviously gutted it and they're doing huge work. Although I like how they say like, oh, your uncle's, a, they're doing some work on his house or whatever. They're renovating his house. It's like they've literally gutted the entire house. There is nothing left <laughs> just in that house. Holes in I, hope, I hope the uncle is staying in Europe for a year because it will be a long time before anyone. And then especially now that his nephew has, has, uh, has further gutted, gutted the yes, house. Yes, even more so. Yeah. So the first injury is actually sustained outside of the toy store where a, a human seesaw uh, mechanism has ensured that Harry will land on a car back first to the point where the roof caves, caves in, in. And the windows yes. smash. He, so he's dead at this point. He's, his spine is shattered into a million pieces. Yep, unless he's dead. So unless that. That, that car roof is made of uh, aluminum foil. Uh, there are four bricks dropped onto Marv's head from the roof of the house. And this is like a four-story uh brick redstone what do i call red brick houses yeah just a brick. Uh, so there are four there are four in succession dropped onto his head can i admit that i laughed i laughed a lot at that part yes this Good. is the, this is the you moment should. this is the moment where the movie where i i no, kind of nodded at the movie and i said okay movie you're a cartoon it's fine here we go um mm-hmm. because uh I, I just again there is some real art in 
the you just saw something happen and it's going to keep happening and that the characters are going to keep making exactly the wrong decisions so that it continues to happen even though even though by all accounts one of those bricks would have killed uh daniel stern and the second oh, one yeah. certainly would have killed it wouldn't him. have just killed him his his skull would have been, been pulped, obliterated pulped yes yeah. <laughs> You ever wonder how many people accidentally went to jail for murder because they thought that they could just knock somebody out by dropping a brick on them? It is uh, a scary thought to think of how many injuries were sustained due to these movies. Um, I, I think that could ne- the, the true the true brutality of these movies could never be accurately calculated. Um, a staple gun is shot through a hole in a door mm. into Marv's butt, groin, and face. Yes, um, over three <laughs> three separate instances. Yeah, he rotates very um, nicely, kindly. Yep. Yeah, keeps rotating. Uh, Harry slips from a ladder covered in soap onto his back. It's probably about a ten foot fall mm. um, as he lands because he has to climb up a bunch of stuff to jump onto it um marv falls through a hole in the floor down to a basement this is maybe one or two stories down into the basement um a bag of spanners is opened above a doorway and they all drop onto harry's head and it's just probably about 30 spanners um that hit him Marv slips on more soap. He hits the shelving unit, which falls onto him. The shelving unit is stacked with paint tins, which then cover him in paint. Marv is then electrocuted via some uh, very large battery, Mm -hmm. maybe a generator. Yeah, it's a welder. It's a welding machine. The battery from a welding machine, uh, which has been rigged to some taps. Marv is electrocuted to the point that we see his skeleton. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure how and why, but that is he, what happens. He, I mean, this is the cartoon part. Like, it, rather, cartoon. rather than it being like mm-hmm. an electrified skeleton, like you're seeing through his skin, it's literally just he becomes a skeleton briefly, and then is <laughs> not hair. a skeleton anymore. Uh-huh. This this movie uh, caused a lot of children to question what physics mm-hmm. and you know chemistry and just yeah. science in general is. All sciences. Okay, so, Mike, before you go on, I want I want to point out something mm-hmm. here, and I, I I'd encourage everybody the next time you watch this movie to think of this movie this way i'm sure i'm not the first person to have this thought but i'm going to share it now because it occurred to me somewhere where daniel stern falls two stories and then is electrocuted and turns into a skeleton i thought you know what i'm watching here i and this is maybe the genius of home alone this is a horror movie except the music is quirky instead of terrifying oh my gosh and yeah, kevin saw, but with kids is a serial killer he is basically saw and that is what this movie is except that you're like yeah but they kind of deserve it but that's what it is it is a horror movie we are watching people tormented and killed wow. in the worst possible way so home alone think about that just think about it. good you times you'd got him taken care Merry of christmas everybody McAllister is back that is wonderful. All right. Harry's head is set on fire by a blowtorch. <laughs> he then dips his head into a toilet filled of gasoline, which explodes. I think it's uh, kerosene. Everything remains intact. But it's, it's still, like, okay. yeah, it's okay. So, uh, the the machinations to get him to go like straight down into the toilet like he's really making an effort to get to that point where it explodes and then again cartoon there's a massive explosion because he has put uh his on fire head in a huge bowl of kerosene and the end result is that his hat the top of his hat is blown off, but the, the ring is still around his head and everything is blackened, yeah. which, again, is right out of a cartoon. It is literally, there is no physics happening here. It is things we see in cartoons, except in live action. 
It's like there was an explosion, right? And it's just everything remained like yeah, as if like I mean, a gift he's wily coyote at this point. They are yes. both wily mm-hmm. coyote. That is what we're watching, and I am okay with it. It's fine. It's fine. Now, once you embrace, just embrace that it, you are watching a cartoon or a horror movie or both. Marv pulls on a rope, which he tries to use to get out of the basement where he still is, um, which is tied to a one hundred pound bag of cement. <laughs> when he pulls on it hard enough to make his first jump, the one hundred pound bag of cement falls three stories down and hits him on the head slowly (laughs) falls and he watches it coming to him and doesn't try to move probably because he's a Mm -hmm. skeleton (laughs) (laughs) he then blows cement out of his mouth whilst in pursuit of kevin uh, a ladder breaks in half sending harry to fall face down uh, onto the ground um after thwarting uh, attempts at having paint cans thrown into their heads because they are smart enough to remember not to just run up the stairs. I love that. It's the one time in this film they show any actual intelligence. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they are both then hit in the face by like a, a metal pillar, like a post from the street somehow, uh, which sends them down the stairs through a hole in the floor down to the basement. The pillar then rolls down the stairs and lands on them by my trajectory. I'm guessing via tra- the trajectory of that pillar on the head is where it mm. would land. Uh, you don't see this because <laughs> this is one you cannot like see happen and not know what happens. Right. Like everything else. I don't know. There's something in this movie. Like even the bricks is like, oh, the bricks are small. Right. So like they would just leave a mark. But this metal pillar landing on them both, they don't show because their heads would have had to have just popped like grapefruit. But that's not what happens. Um, Both are crushed between a wall and a door by a tool chest that rolled down a staircase, which they are both listening. What is that sound? I like that even at this point, they're listening. What is that sound? Surely it can't be something bad. Like, what is that sound? Um, (laughs) Luckily, this time, this staircase did not feature any tarantulas, which I was very happy about. Um, they both fall from the top of the building because the rope that they are climbing down is set on fire. Uh, when they land to the ground, they have gone through some uh, planks of wood which were holding tins of grease, which then come up into the air and land on them. Um, at this point, Kevin has run away and he sustains his first and only injury in which he slips on ice and is knocked unconscious briefly. Um, he lands on his back. Um, they pick him up and take him to Central Park to shoot him, um, which is a thing. Uh, and I guess yeah. it's fine to take him to the park because... Uh, oh, nobody's... The park is a lawless... It's a lawless wilderness uh, where there's just crime. I have to input for a sec. So um, around the time of this... Or maybe like two years after the time of this movie was set, uh, my mother and I were in New York City and staying with a friend uh, who lived right off Central Park. Uh, and he, this, just so you know, this friend lived in a building that was previously owned by the mob and he had to deal with mob. So it's like painting a picture of New York. Um, we ended up in the park at one in the morning, uh, and due to probably unwise decisions. Uh, and he offhandedly joked, he's like, yeah, you know, two years ago, you wouldn't have been able to do this because someone would have tried to shoot you, cut your throat and then bury you in the pond. Just like this is a totally normal thing to say to a 12-year-old girl. And then in like 
let's go, let's go home. So, uh, so yeah, I buy this. In other words, that's my TLDR yep, yep. about that. <laughs> it's where he would have been t- if you're going to shoot the kid anywhere, take him to to a bridge in Central Park. Uh, they are both then attacked by a huge flock of pigeons. To which, at one point, we can only assume the pigeons are attempting to peck through the body of Marv, given the the level at which uh-huh. he is screaming. Um, and then that <laughs> that is the end of the injuries, except for just a few times in which Harry kicks Marv in the shins because he's giving away all of their secrets to the police. That is the full extent of the injuries sustained in Home Alone 2. They are vastly more severe than the injuries sustained mm-hmm. in Home Alone. It's all true. Can we talk about the family a little more just to say that they're terrible again? Yeah. And that they go, yeah. to, they go to Florida and find, of course, that Kevin isn't there and are pretty are like okay with it that's the thing that i get i mean Catherine o'hara sort of tries to seem <laughs> concerned but she's not that concerned and they're like driving around and the idea is that it's raining and it's miserable in florida and they actually don't want to be there uh but you know they're just like hanging out and she makes a big they're making big jokes to the to the police officer in this in the airport too right we're like oh we haven't lost our luggage and they both knock on wood and just like both burst out in laughing yeah and like uh... Which is like, I thought that what she would transition from the laughing into crying, but that just doesn't happen. No. They're just embarrassed because the police officer doesn't think it's that funny. Yeah, because they lost <laughs> their son for a second straight year. Mm-hmm. And this time when they, I mean, and I appreciate back then they, they would have had to wait for the credit card to come up and then they would know that uh, where he was, which is New York at the Plaza Hotel. And then th- that also leads me to a moment where they're like, because there's like 14 of them or whatever. There's this huge family. They're like, oh, he's in New York everybody let's go and i thought really you you again trying to be practical here you're not going to take the whole family with you to new york you're going to take like the parents are going to go to new york and the rest of these losers are just going to stay behind in florida for their previously reserved crappy vacation but they don't do that the whole family goes all the McAllisters are coming to new york as i posited last year the McAllister family are very wealthy. Is is my expectation? Well, they're very oh, yeah. they, they clearly live in are. a mansion in the suburbs in Chicago, and every year they all go somewhere luxurious for their Christmas. It wouldn't be as nice if that thousand dollars of room service that Kevin ordered, including the personally served ice cream bowl, uh, was like what bankrupted them. So instead, they just yeah, make he, it, he it's is funny. he is I think more mad than he deserves to be in that scenario because yeah. they did leave their kid again for the second year. Yeah, and he didn't die, and he, he should so loud yeah he looked after himself right like you know he was in a hotel like what do you want the kid to do like maybe he shouldn't have got the ice cream sundae bar which i really wished existed uh (laughs) maybe it does in some hotels that a gentleman will come to your room and serve ice cream for you uh there is a line a throwaway line that i love where kevin says to the ice cream sundae man uh like he's like would you like another scoop sir and he says yeah i'm not driving which i just i love i love that i love that line it's so good it's like kevin the adult he just says what adults say so so one uh character and plot mechanic we have not really talked about is the bird lady so we see her uh when kevin's like the bird lady the bird lady scared me as a kid she's very scary looking and he gets his foot caught in a rock and she lets him out or like saves him somehow from the rock and he befriends her and they go sneak above uh, uh, like a, a big hall and they hear some music and they talk and it seems that she is homeless by choice or, or at least part of her part of her current situation was by choice where she was in love and it fell apart and uh, 
she didn't want to be hurt again. And they, they connect. And as a kid, I mean, I didn't, I thought it was sort of weird, but watching it as an adult, like she's there. I mean, obviously at the end, she's the one who saves Kevin because she puts her bird army all over the sticky bandits. <laughs> but I I think she's there to help balance Kevin out. Cause if all we see is yes, he's trying to save Duncan toy store, but then he basically goes on a murderous rampage for 30 minutes. Uh, we need something to like, remind us that he is like a kind of like an innocent kid in a way or, or like he has good in him mm-hmm. um because i particularly don't like kevin the character i find him well, but sort of an- he annoying. does try to donate well he does give 20 of his own dollars right like in theory to the to the to the children's yeah. hospital but like the, the the thing that i find peculiar about the the bird lady is that she doesn't get a happy ending like the shovel man does in the original where mm-hmm. like he meets up with his family and like everything's good. Like she's just like, she gets the turtle dove and then that's that. Like that's her happy ending. I think she's not, she's not unhappy. She just, this is her life and oh, she sort point. of yeah. rules over the park with her army of birds. <laughs> There's also something to be said about both, both Mr. Duncan and the bird lady as kind of balances to Kevin's character, right? Where it's like the chaotic, chaotic Kevin is kind of chaotic neutral and the bird lady has some of that chaos, but also some of the centering and like the bird in some ways she is a foster, like not quite a foster mother, but a, a surrogate mother. Uh, for Kevin, which is super mm-hmm. weird. Again, watching it now, I'm just thinking like stranger danger, stranger danger. Uh, yeah. But all of that said, um, I actually really love her narrative arc in this film because the at least what I what I always took as a kid was, oh, she doesn't have any friends anymore. So all she has to, you know, all the only friends she has are the birds and the birds keep her company. And then Kevin giving her a turtle dove was telling her that that they could be friends and that that, that yeah. she still has friends mm-hmm. in the in the real world. And as an adult, I take that one step further based on her actual storyline of the like not being, you know, getting her heart broken. It's like, here is a thing that's normally signifies, you know, love and renewal. And maybe it's okay for you to, to step out of the park and love again. Uh, and you helped a little kid. So, so go, you know, go be merry. We have not yet, though, touched upon the most ridiculous thing that happens in this entire movie. Which is the fact that on Christmas morning, Kevin escapes again, and nobody notices. <laughs> he re- they're all opening their presents, and he just sneaks out again. Like, it's nobody ever watched this kid. Like, it's but twelve hours. Not even, maybe not even twelve hours since you got him back, and yet you're all so preoccupied with the the army of toys that has been delivered to you uh, by Toy Duncan's chest that you you just as well it's like it's all toys the parents what are they what are they opening it's just all toys and he runs out again and they don't even notice like i i could i was i couldn't believe it when i saw that today because i'd forgotten that he does that and yet he escapes he escapes once more that kid can never stop escaping and yet even him he's like he didn't want to leave he he was sad he missed his mom but yet he still ran away again he didn't know she was going to be there like the, the bird lady she could have been anywhere she, and she's always there she's she is there because the plot dictated her to be there at that time. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, Kevin yes. McAllister, the original wizard, mm. the original creator of the invisibility cloak, and apparently can track humans. <laughs> also serial killer. Just throw that in there. Serial killer. <laughs> is it serial killer if you kill the same guys over and over? <laughs> <laughs> Even more so. He is serial killer of just Marvin Harry. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, I love this movie. It is ridiculous, but I love this movie. It is. It makes me think of Christmas. Uh, it is a Christmas movie for me. Um, and uh, I have many, many happy memories of this movie. Uh, I love it very much. Jason, we will not be watching Home Alone 3 next year if I have my say. Because my, Home Alone 3 sucks. I've already seen Home Alone 3 multiple oh, yeah. times because it was I the only that. Home Alone movie on Netflix and my kids watched it when they were little. So I've seen young Scarlett Johansson and her brother, whoever, Alex, whatever, uh, navigate the criminals Johansson's. in uh, in their little suburban house, which um, I actually, actually think it's not that bad, although I haven't seen it in years, but I saw it several times and I, I thought it was clever. Having never seen the originals, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I get the idea. I get the premise here. I will uh, I will say this about Home Alone 2, which is I can see myself revisiting Home Alone. I can't see myself watching this movie again because I, I, I think Home Alone is better. And so okay. I would watch that one again instead of this. Sorry. Home Alone is probably a better movie. I prefer Home Alone 2, though. It's New York. It's New York City at Christmas. Uh, Rano, Stephen, do you have any closing statements on Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? Just, you know, if you are in an abandoned building, just always, always be on the lookout for electrified sinks. Mm. It's good, good life advice. Uh, be nice to homeless people and feed the birds. Tuppence a bag. I yep. always thought she was saying tuppence for many years. Didn't know what that was, uh, but that was that was what I thought she was saying. Um, Stephen, Serenity, thank you so much for joining us for our holiday special. Um, and to all of you out there join, choosing to uh, enjoy Upgrade over your holidays, we greatly appreciate it, um, as we have for every other episode that you have consumed this year. Um, I would like to give thanks to Pingdom, Encapsula, App Optics, and Smile for their support of this week's show. And you should go and check out Query at Relay.fm slash Query, and you can listen to Stephen and Ren's escapades. Uh, I don't think that they talk about 90s uh, murder movies that that often um, mm-hmm. on query, but, very rarely. But many other, many other, <laughs> sometimes not that often. Uh, very, very many other enjoyable technical topics um, can be found there. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Upgrade Holiday Special. Um, until next time, which is the Upgradies, which I'm very excited about. As always, the most glitzy award show of the year, um, the Upgradies, you can find um, on New Year's Day. So happy holidays, happy New Year to you, and we'll be back on New Year's Day. Until then, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Merry Christmas. Adios.